What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the BTR Podcast. Once again, you can see by the setup, we're joined by a very special guest. So without further ado, let me introduce him. He's a soccer player and soccer coach from Delta, BC, who was the captain and center back for the Whitecaps PDL team. He also represented Toronto FC at one point in his career and played for the Middlesbrough Academy team. And he also represented the Canadian U-17 and U-20 national team where he scored the game-winning goal against Guadeloupe in the CONCACAF Championship, uh, not finals, but CONCACAF Championships. And he's also probably the biggest Punjabi media fan I know. A uh, good friend of ours, we finally reunited with him, Derek Bossi. Thanks so, for having me, guys. What's uh, up, man? It's been a while it's been and too uh, long, man. it's, it's good to be long. back. Yeah. How's it going? It's good. Off Busy. For you? It's off season, starting up soon now. And uh, it's good to be back. Been away for a little bit, yeah. obviously with work, but now it's back to the grind, back to yeah. the field. Back to playing, coaching, so I'm pumped. Those, those of you don't know, Derek, I used to see Derek almost like every day of my life, more than like him <laughs> from time to time. Well, and he was my coach. <laughs> yeah, no, but this is like, even like you, even the before. days you weren't coaching, I'm still on the field, yeah, right? and then Derek's <laughs> on the field, even more than mom and dad at times, but. It's been too long, but the beard's still the same. Well, I needed someone to pick up my cones for me, get the pennies, wash the pennies, <laughs> yeah. do all the slave work, so. Driver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, driver, exactly. yeah, driver, driver, pick up the players, drop them off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to be back. But yeah, uh, before we get into it, let's, I mentioned Canada soccer. So let's talk about that experience very quickly. How was that experience playing U17, U20, representing your country and scoring a game-winning goal, let alone just a normal goal as well? So I'll kind of correct you here. It first started when I was 12 years old. Okay. The first time I represented Canada was when I was 12. This is for the Danone Nations Cup. Uh, so they select four players from BC, and I was lucky enough to be selected. We have one training camp in Montreal, and then we head over to Paris to play. And so that was the first time we played against Morocco, Germany, and Holland. Uh, it wasn't a big competition. It was sponsored by Danone, the yogurt, yogurt company. Yeah. Um, but it was good exposure. It was uh, a way to get out there and travel, of course. My parents came along. And met Zinedine Zidane, so that oh, was that was pretty okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, came in the field, shook his hand, and I didn't wash my hand for about a week. <laughs> did, he, did he did he headbutt you? No, 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 no I, headbutt? Not. Okay. I wouldn't allow that. I wouldn't <laughs> allow that. Uh, that was the first time, and then when I was in England, I started getting called up for the national team. That experience is something uh, I wish all our kids can have, our community especially. And anyone, especially from British Columbia, we have so much talent here, okay? So myself being a part of that talent group, born in 92, because everyone knows the 90s, 91s, 92 borns, that pool of players was dominant. We were untouchable, okay? So being called up, it was nice. We're traveling, and you're playing with the best players in your country. And you're a starter. You weren't even like- And you're starting, yeah, right? Yeah. So you're meeting new coaches, you're meeting new players, right, from Quebec, Calgary, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. And so the experience there is mind-boggling. As you get older, it just gets better. Those players are never the same, right? It's yeah. always changing. At one camp, you got 22 players, 23 players. The next camp, you could maybe know only two, three players that are returning. Yeah, yeah. So the consistency that you have to show by your performances, right, away in your club team, to be called up was very, very important. So I enjoyed it. I it made me very mature in a sense, made very independent, gave me a sense of pride, right? You guys know I am a true desi banda, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. I love, <laughs> Biggest I love going to India, I love Punjabi music, 
Majority so movies. being Punjabi Sikh playing for Canada, yeah, yeah. that gave me that extra yeah. little extra little kick behind, yeah. right, to get it going. We're definitely gonna get into more on the Punjabi talent, like you mentioned before. Before we continue on with our quick fire, that Pangra celebration. If, uh, before you continue on, we are. I think I have the goal. The goal is on YouTube, so you guys might at the intro clip. The you guys intro might clip, see right? It. The yeah. intro clip. You'll probably see the goal and somewhat of the celebration. I don't think it was not clear quality, but but yeah, on the spot, like you said, Punjabi. That's what came into your head first thing. I'll never forget. I went out for a corner kick. Russell Tiber, good friend of mine, and then he wasn't a good friend of mine, <laughs> and then he was a good friend of mine. Um, he crossed the ball, and I couldn't see that first. I ducked down. And I saw it last second, and I just went for that header, and I got very lucky, I could say. Didn't hit any defender, and I scored. So when I ran over, I was running to one of my coaches, I had no idea what I was going to do. Yeah. And as a defender, I'm thinking, I might never score a goal again. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> never again. You're probably like, at that moment, I'm probably not going to score. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Am I, am I, this, did I actually really just score right here? <laughs> so the ball went in the net. I just turned, and the first thing that I just thought about was, I want to dance. Fuck it up by you. And so, there I was, my hands were up and it was just, that moment was ecstatic. Like, it was, it was unbelievable. And when I think about it now, I have goosebumps just right now. Yeah. Thinking yeah, about yeah, that yeah. moment of what it meant to myself, what it meant to my mom, my dad, grandma, grandpa, brother, sister, all sitting there on the TV watching my game. Yeah. All right. And that memory just playing in my head is it's something you'll yeah like we're going through something similar with Jeevan like you coached Jeevan as well we've had him on the podcast you know you, you, people could check that out as well um, he scored like the game winning assist essentially f- to qualify for the World Cup that's coming this year so definitely um, obviously I didn't know you back then but like with Jeevan he's literally our first cousin so like I remember sitting at work and I'm like kind of like teary eyed in a way like you could feel like the emotion it's like my cousin did that. <laughs> like, that's insane. Like Whoa. this guy was screaming. <laughs> yeah, screaming in the house. Like when you see someone that close to you achieve something so big as Jeevit is doing and is currently already done, right? He's a, becoming a pillar. Yeah, kids yeah, yeah. that are watching him right now. Yeah, and he has the world in his hands. Yeah, and he can just take it how he wants to. Yeah, right. And so that moment again, it's a moment that he'll never forget. We'll never forget. Yeah, his parents will never forget exactly right his younger brother will never forget yeah, yeah, right? yeah. something for his younger brother to achieve towards right something to get look forward to can yeah. I do this one day he yeah, also right, has yeah. a younger sister so she will never forget last thing before we drove in we'll ask you some like quick rapid fire questions you mentioned Russell Tiber I remember that watching those highlights Lucas Cavallini scored the opening goal because you guys were down one nothing in that game who are other some players on the top of your head that you played with in Canada those two obviously include I think Daniel Henry was one and against even like you mentioned you met Zidane but like have you played against you know European or South American talent as well so for Canada Jonathan Osorio was one of the main guys he was very very talented Uh, obviously Russell Tybert Daniel Henry I played with him many many games I really enjoyed that right and even here right we have talent here I always say I loved playing with Sile Sandu Gagin Dosanj, Bobby Chutti, these players are pure talent. It is, comes natural to them. Yeah. It's just natural. They they can train or they cannot train for a month, but come on the field and they'll still be the best player in training. Yeah. And so European side of things in Europe, Wayne Rooney was the tough one. You played against him? Against him. Against Rooney, that yeah. was very tough when I was in England. 
Um, I don't want to talk about that because <laughs> I don't know. I don't think uh, <laughs> my, my players will ever want me to coach them again. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. kind of tough that game. Uh, Man City, they had, that's when Foden first came. Foden was in the youth team. Yeah, then. yeah. That was fun. Adam Johnson, uh, Stuart Downing. So, played to those players. The talent with those players is, it's they're built different. They, in Canada, we play soccer, right? There, they're playing football and they're breathing it. They're sleeping yeah. it. They're eating it. Everything they do is all about football. Yeah, right. right? They read the paper in the morning. I'm not going to read the front page of the newspaper. They're going to flip the back and see, okay, what team did today what? Where did this player go? How many millions of dollars did this player get transferred for? So It's like homework. It's basically exactly. their homework. It's, yeah, it's a complete different breed when we compare and look over there to those players. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll get into more of these topics in a second. So we'll, before we get into your, your journey in the beginning, Joven will have some, like, you know, some fun rapid-fire questions to so get to know Derek a little bit more. All right, first up, favorite sport? Or sports outside of soccer? I love ping pong and yeah. volleyball. Volleyball, yeah. Volleyball is good. Ping pong and volleyball. <laughs> volleyball I challenge good. both of you anytime, anywhere for well, ping pong. Ping pong, I lost. Volleyball. I'm not okay. going to get that good at ping pong. Volleyball, volleyball we might be okay at it. Volleyball, might be okay Water volleyball or no. sand like, volleyball? No, just, just no. Regular volleyball? On grass, yeah. yeah. On grass. I challenged we, all three. We play with uh, <laughs> our cousins uh, almost, well, not every week, but like we try to play like a much, as much as we can in the summer. That's so we've good. been playing a lot. Yeah, next up, favorite favorite team growing up? Chelsea. I loved watching John Terry. He was, I read his book and I watched him since I was a kid. And he was a stud when he played. And so just, you, might, yeah. you must hate that scarf over there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind them now, that scarf over there. Manchester uh, United. Manchester United, United yeah. <laughs> I was going to rip it down when I walked in, but <laughs> I like you guys, so I'm like, I'll leave it up there. <laughs> All right. Favorite teams from like other sports? I like Golden State and I like Canucks. I follow them. They're a home team here. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy watching them time to time. I'm not a big hockey guy, but I will support our teams here. Shout out Punjabi, Randeep Janda, commentator, someone you're yes. a friend of. Good and Arshdi yes. Baines, who's just on the Abbotsford Canucks as well. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. They're doing. They're both doing very, very well. Yeah. Again, huge pillars of our community. Yeah. They've done so well. Yeah, I think Arshdi could potentially get called yeah, up, yeah, could this get called up this year. That's awesome. Like yeah. he, he did really well he in the. He was close last year, but there was like yeah. injury stuff, and not with him, but like the team nice. rules. I didn't know stuff. that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good news. Yeah, apparently he's like playing really well. Yeah. Uh, favorite player in soccer, other and in other sports, if you have so any. You mentioned John Terry. Anyone else? Obviously, I see him in front of me, Messi. I love <laughs> Messi. Other sports, uh, Kobe. I've yeah. and Michael Jordan. Those two, I've. I like how they play, but their mentalities. Yeah. Their mentality is lethal. They are born leaders. They're born fighters. Right, and they they will do whatever it takes. They will go the next step. They will do it. Yeah. They will do they whatever will do it. it takes. Yeah. It yeah. means you got a broken pinky. You're still gonna go play that yeah, game. Kobe, in the well, Kobe popped his finger back in place, right? Didn't he like dislocate his finger in one game? Yeah, that was the final run. Wasn't that against Toronto, or was that? No, oh no, that was the 81 point game. That's Toronto. the 81 point game. No, the, I think the 2009 or 2010 finals uh, against the. Uh, yeah, he like dislocated his finger, popped it back in place, and came back. Torn his Achilles, went to take the free throws, and Achilles tear. <laughs> you're like you're out for a year essentially. Yeah. Um, if that was Neymar. We wouldn't see him for the next two years. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, favorite food. That's a tough one. I'm a big foodie. I love 
eating food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I run every day, and so I enjoy my food. It's a very tough one. It's easy for me to say pizza, but I'm starting now to really like BLT sandwiches. When you customize your sandwiches, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I really enjoy that with a side of like a lasagna or pasta, a nice pasta on the side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm getting hungry thinking about this. Punjabi, <laughs> Punjabi food. I love machi pagoda. I love it. Um, Shahi paneer is one of my favorites. Uh, Shahi paneer is the best. I can I can eat that. There's a lot of people because uh, you obviously eat like, meat. There's a lot of people that told me they prefer Shahi paneer over butter chicken, which I was a little surprised yes. about. I was a little I, surprised about yeah. I, like yes. our cousin, uh, one of my cousins, he said the same thing. A couple of guys at work were like, "Yeah, they prefer the shy bean over the butter chicken." Uh, again, I don't eat meat, so I don't know what it is. But yeah, for me, I I like butter chicken too. But I've had so much chicken in my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some way or another, you're gonna get chicken. I just chicken. need a little break from chicken sometimes, <laughs> yeah. and shy bean is my go-to. Yeah, shy bean yeah. is goaded. Yeah. I just never know how many like oh well, I get like five six naan and I'm like still going whole yeah. party right? garlic naan bread yeah, yeah with the shy yeah. it's absolutely killer uh, hobby outside of sports I really love working out I enjoy nature I love walks I love hiking I like doing things that keep my body going um, I just picked up reading recently a few months back I used to read magazines or just books about athletes but now I've kind of uh, stepped away from that and I'm into reading I'm actually really enjoying it so like you opened it up like opened up the topics a little bit more right yeah instead of like it, athletes and like exactly yeah, yeah. I'm a, as a person I think uh, it helped me quite a bit too which we can touch a base about later but uh, I'm reading Atomic Habits right now what a yeah. great book not it's, gonna lie I have no clue we, we don't read we don't read it's a really good book <laughs> yeah right? that's coming from me I used to read it as a kid this is my, like, my second book I've ever read yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used to read as a kid like elementary school early high school like after high school yeah I have it Charlotte's Web or Charlotte's Web like, yeah. no like even like the Slapshot series obviously Diary of a Wimpy Kid Captain Underpants as a kid yeah right um, but my favorite book like that was like a proper book was Holes uh, yeah, it was also a movie, was a movie as well too. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think why? that was like my favorite book. I read that book many times, and then as a kid, Geronimo Stilton books were like. There was this crazy. one, I think English ten. I was getting like a fifty-six percent, right? And we had this novel study left, and there was this book called The Martian, right? I get there, I got lucky, paired up with a, you know, two of the smart kids in class. Read, <laughs> I was reading the book, right? I liked the book so much, right? I watched the movie. Crammed like two day, like two nights, and got my grade up like twenty percent. <laughs> so that I would say that's my favorite book now. <laughs> you owe them a dinner of chai panita. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, favorite movie or movie series? My favorite movie, Tears of the Sun. It's a Bruce Willis movie. There, you watched it yet or no? Nope. No. There, the army of like twenty thousand, thirty thousand African soldiers. And you got Bruce Willis with like eight, nine guys. They're going to rescue a doctor in Uganda. Yeah, yeah. It's a killer movie, right? Peaky Blinders, finished it, love it. Uh, but all time, I love Suits. I've oh. watched Suits. Oh, nice that's the show. Yeah, that show. The show, right? The show. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, well, you, you, show. you moved yeah. on to the yeah. next question, but that was the... Oh, the, oh you yeah. answered the next question, but too. No, okay, yeah, I'm going to add this in. Punjabi movie, because I know you're a Punjabi movie guy, too. I remember you used to, you called me back in the day, you want to go watch some Love Punjab or like yeah. a boss back It's in so the day. funny you just said Love Punjab. I was watching that this morning. <laughs> yeah, how trippy is that? Yeah, no, right? We have IPTV. We, we have just IP- watch binge movies. We watched the new one that just came out, which was okay, but uh, Lamborghini. But uh, but other oh, than that, like man. a lot of the newer movies are actually kind of decent. But yeah, like your favorite. For my favorite one, I love Border. 
all time. The, the Border the is a, it's an army movie. I love army movies in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's with Sunny Deal, um, India versus Pakistan, Kashmir border, right? The history behind that. That's Punjabi slash Hindi. Yeah. Uh, only Punjabi. When I was a kid, I liked all the Harpajan Man movies. Dilapana yeah. Punjabi is my favorite of all huh? time. Dilapana Punjabi is my favorite of all time. I love time. all those movies. Yeah. I love That's the what songs. got me into it. I love the songs. I love the acting. I love the clips in the bend when they come to Canada. I love all that yeah. stuff. I thought we were gonna say Angrej. I'm not gonna lie, because that's when we first met, and you yes. guys and Mama and everybody, like when we were running a soccer club back then. Yes. Uh, it was just was, cranking that was like up the that go-to movie. And that was the yeah. go-to. Yeah. That was the go-to movie. Cranking all the songs in a movie too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Had a phase for that, and then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so favorite Punjabi slash English singer or rapper? I couldn't name you five English singers other than Drake, 50 Cent, Eminem. I listen to hardly any hip-hop. Yeah. Now my wife has introduced me to a bunch of stuff, yeah, yeah. artists, right? So starting to get a bit more about that. But uh, Punjabi singer of all time, eh? I have one for you that I know we listen to a lot when we were driving. I love Amy Verk. Okay, not him, but yeah. Amy Verk's good. Um, hmm. Which one do you got? Govinder Billa. Govinder Billa. He's a stud. Yeah. yeah. Uh, old school stuff. Kaldeep Manik. Gudas Man. Yeah, yeah. I love the old school Those beats. old school. The vibe. I really enjoy that. Oh, okay. And uh, this is the last one. If you weren't going to be a soccer player, what do you think you would have done? Or any sports. For, no, nothing sports related. So nothing, like, what do you think your career would be if it wasn't like soccer? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have zero idea. I've never thought about anything but soccer my whole life. Yeah, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's something like that. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I never had a backup. I've never had no secondary plan. I wasn't the smartest kid in class, right? Or in our lecture halls. Yeah, right? yeah, It wasn't yeah. me. I'd be the guy in the back of the class hiding from the teacher, right? Trying not to get picked on, right? Trying like, not to get picked on, basically. Like, hey, Derek, exactly. answer this math no. question. <laughs> that, that'd be my cue to go to the washroom. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. I. Right, so just no clue? I have Nothing. no clue. Couldn't tell you. Okay. Um, okay, so we'll get into your journey. Now, we'll start from the beginning. Why soccer? When did you start playing? And did you play any other sports? I never played any other sports. I was in swimming. Um, that was the one thing my parents really encouraged. Uh, soccer was very easy to get to. It was convenient. Um, just my first team I ever had was... Uh, GN Sports Club and uh, my dad took me to North Delta Secondary School and we trained and I trained for about two or three weeks and right away the coach said this kid's got some energy he likes playing and it's just coming to him naturally and just from there I stick to soccer the whole time I didn't go basketball of course you get older in high school you want to play basketball or whatnot or volleyball I did all that, but my go-to was if it's soccer and there's basketball and I got to make a decision, it's soccer. It's soccer, yeah. Soccer all day. Um, so, yeah. After that, it just stuck the whole way through. Didn't change. At what point did you realize, so like you said soccer, that, you know what, maybe I this could be my career. I might go pro. Even if not pro, I could get a scholarship and at least pay for my college or whatever. Mm-hmm. At what, what point did you realize, like, at a, what age, it could be a moment, whatever, that you're like, you know what, I, I know I'm good enough. This is when I knew that I'm like, okay, I'm here. So I was never the most confident kid. I was very annoying when I was a kid. 
Um, but when I got to like 11, I was 11, 12 years old, just before the Non-Nations Cup, yeah. we went to Paris. When I got selected for that team, there was about, I think, 4,000, 4,500 kids at eight rinks. And I got chosen to be one out of four. And right then I'm like, fuck, like, damn, like, maybe there's a chance of me actually doing something here. Maybe I'll actually achieve something here, be it scholarships or whatever, or just professionally. So I knew I was the smartest kid. So my main goal was professional. Yeah, yeah. My dad's goal was professional. My mom's, our whole family was, that was the one way we're going. That's it. And then as soon as uh, that, I came back from that when I was 12, uh, provincial team started. Yeah. And that's when you realize, okay, now in British Columbia, you're with the top athletes of that age group. And you start getting that sense, hey, you know what? Maybe there's more here, more to achieve. Yeah, so part of that journey, like you said, okay, not, at that point you realize, yeah, I, I've noticed now, you also got selected to go Middlesbrough. And that's huge, right? Like people watching this might not know what middle, who Middlesbrough are, what the soccer team is. At, that t- at your age, when you went, they were a Premier League team, right? They weren't this championship side now. And even then they were recently called up. Uh, so you touched on breed soccer in Europe so first of all your experience in England how was it what did you do there what was your kind of like at what age did you play and again touch on I guess if you want more on the differences from football in England and then soccer in Canada so for England I can tell you right now it was one of the toughest things I've ever done in my life I can tell you this right now I remember nights where I would sit outside from the digs I was staying at, sit on a corner, like a curb, and just cry. And it would just be bawling my eyes out. And it was so painful because I was so homesick. The bond I have with my family, especially my, my grandparents, yeah. and people that know me right, quite well, I'm very close to them. And so for me, leaving at a young age, well, maybe not too young, right? Maybe so 16 years old, 15 and a half, 16, um, it was very tough. It took me time to settle in. It took me about four or five months to settle in. New family I'm living with, single Godi. Um, I was living with a kid from Cyprus, Mernos. Great guy, great player. Uh, he plays for Olympiakos yeah. uh, right now in Greece. Um, it was tough. There was a lot of racism at that time. I can tell you two instances right now. On the field, if I wanted water, so where Middlesbrough's training facility is. It's a big facility and you gotta walk down a big hill and you got about 11, 12 soccer fields. So if you didn't have your water, up you go that hill, get your water, come down. And so I had to do that a couple times. They weren't willing to give me water. Again, why is a Canadian, Indian Canadian, Indo-Canadian here, myself coming to play in England when they have all this great talent in England? Why do they need me? So that's what they thought. I was there to fight for my position. Yeah. And so that's one instant. The next one, just walking around town. I go to the ATM, get money out. Guy comes out of the pub, smoking a cigarette, just flicks his ash on my hand while I'm at the ATM. I'm a young kid trying to figure out where to put my pin in, how to get my cash out. And I got ash on my pinky here. And he's saying, get the fuck out. What do you want me to say at that point? All right. I'm trembling. I'm trembling. I look at him, leave my money, and I'm gone. I have no idea 
what his intentions are. But I knew for a fact I need to leave the situation. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. So after the six month mark, eight months maybe, it's when I kind of start breaking out of my shell. Right? There's an article in England that came out. Player comes from Canada, doing well. It came out. That gave me more confidence. So I realized that the little things I would do, so that would be the little pass I would make, gave me confidence. The header I won gave me confidence. So these little gains of success, I kept putting them in a jar and I would do something good and that jar goes. I wouldn't overdo it. So those small wins for me. Those small yeah. wins is what made me feel better. Um, but yeah, that was, it was, it's an experience I'll never forget. From the fo- football side of things, the amount I've learned, the confidence I gained there, and the ability of how to play different formations, I learned a lot. Um, the consistency and how repetitive it is, doing the same thing over and over again. Here in Canada, you'll do a session, but you won't do that same thing until next week. Yeah, yeah. Right? You work on finishing, but you won't do finishing next two weeks. So there it's every day you're on it. Next day, you're on it again. On it again. Like every skill, right? Every skill, touches, technical work. You have your own te- coaches too, right? Like your own coach. You, you have, have a finishing coach. You got like a defensive I was mentioning coach. this. Uh, I said this this morning to uh, one of my friends. I won't mention any names here. And I said, if we look at our coaching staff here in Canada, we have a coach and then we have an assistant coach that's probably not even paid. In England where I was, at the age of 16, I have a head coach, assistant coach, two trainers, physios, all on the field, how far we are. They're this close. Yeah, they're yeah. hands-on. Okay, they're hands-on. Everyone's at deck, ready to go. Anything happens, they're there. Okay, warm-up, let's go. Warm-up's at 10. You are starting warm-up at 10 a.m. You're not there, don't bother coming. They yeah, don't right. care. You know, it's a perfect example because um, last year, obviously being Man United fans, Marcus Rashford was, what, 30 seconds late to a training session and he got benched. And he he understood he's like he wasn't pouting or anything, but he's like, the he's like thirty in our eyes here like oh when you know we coach locally it's like you're late two minutes it's like okay go go run a lap get back into it right there like you said it's like strict right you experienced it firsthand guys like G even experienced it firsthand it's like if you're not there then yeah don't show up type of thing right it's like it's like that military um, it's like a military vibe right yeah it is military style but it's cutthroat. The players there, and I learned this, again, just under a year when I was there. They will do anything, the players, I mean, will do anything it takes to put that jersey on Saturday morning for the game against whoever you're playing. So in 2010 when I was there, right, you're playing Man City on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. So the week prior on the Wednesday and Thursday, right, sometimes your jersey's not there. Someone gets your jersey and hides it. And now you're looking for a jersey or your training top. And guess what? You're late for training. Guess you're not starting against a club like Man City. Yeah, you so do. It's, like- it's cutthroat. Right? They will... You got to have that mentality. You will grab that fucking jersey off the your changing room locker there. Put, get it? Go train. And that's how... And again, that's how it is there. Yeah, it's, right? it's scary stuff. But once you're in that environment, you understand that this is what it takes. This is what these players do every single day. 
Yeah, right. Nothing it's, else matters though. It's their lifestyle. It's right? their life. It's it their is life. life. That's right. their life. So like, there's, there's nothing else. There's not like you said. There's no backup plan from right. This is if this doesn't work, Zero. they're screwed. Right. So they're gonna How do everything they can. We've seen. Yeah, not just like Mike Tyson or yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about soccer here. Just in soccer, how many athletes have gone from the riches to the poor? They have hardly any money left. Well, they're making 250k, 250,000 pounds, sorry, in pounds a week. A week, yeah. A week. And career's over or retired or got injured. Happens all day long across the world, right? Got injured, career's done. What are you going to do? What's your backup? Have you invested? Are you an entrepreneur? Do you want to school? Nope. Obviously, Canada soccer, so we'll touch on that quickly then right now. I was going to talk about it later, but I might as well bring it up now. Canada soccer, back then, obviously, you said it was like back in 2010. We didn't care for men's soccer because it was crap. Like, no no one really watched it. The people that, like, I didn't know who Atiba Hutchison was, and I know he played back then until, what, FIFA? What yeah, I, basically, yeah, it was FIFA, yeah, FIFA. When I saw, like, who's this 80 overall Turkish or a Canadian Turkish uh, league, league player. player I think it was Galatasaray or Besiktas and then that was one name I saw I think at the time it wasn't until Alfonso Davies came into the scene right mm. and then propelled so my question to you now is obviously you saw the shit show of Canada soccer right now right we finally make a world cup the women won Olympics and um, this world cup they bowed out early and a lot of it's because you see the drama behind the scenes they're, they're ban- going bankrupt essentially how much in Europe, time, uh, from early 2010 or 2010, 2011, how much did it grow and then fall back down? Or where do you think the current state of soccer is in Canada? And did you see like a, an, an improvement for a time being, but not anymore? There has definitely been a big improvement from where it was. I'm talking about funding, number one. There's funding that's come in. There are new leagues that are starting up. So... One thing I've seen across Canada, especially in BC and uh, Ontario. Let's give an example here. So for our viewers, maybe they can understand it makes more sense. The Whitecaps team, you have an academy team. Then you have a Whitecaps 2 team, which you never had before. You have an MLS first team. Right. So first, academy, reserves, and uh, first first team. team, right? As soon as you're done academy... If you can't play reserves, not good enough, or you can try training, you're still too young, keyword young, right, to play for the first team, right? You're still like 16, 17, they already have a top-notch players playing there. We introduced Whitecaps 2. Okay, that's good, right? That actually gave now more players a transition from Academy, Whitecaps 2, play there, go into reserves, first team so the pathway is building okay from the white caps little things for Canada soccer same thing they have been doing more camps I can say that firsthand because I have spoken to someone that is currently with the program and they said there's more camps happening there's personal funding I'm not talking about per DMs per day I'm talking about the actual cost you get monthly from Canada soccer that's gone up uh, a good percentage. Um, but the thing is, it's a talent. We need to start, I think Canada, start really helping out the youth, the grassroots level. It's got to start from there. right? Instead of a U15, 16 team, start a U9, U10 team. If we had a facility, like let's say 
uh, I think it's a IMG in the States. Massive facility. Yeah, yeah. Right? Massive. If we had a facility like that in, let's say, UBC or Toronto, and that was a hub, a hub of Canada soccer, our talent was there. And I mean four or five times a year, six, seven if possible, right? Again, funding related, train there for a month. You're there for a month and you're training. You're building with the team. You get to know the team. Right? Again, like I said before, the teams always change. Yeah. That would be tremendous. Countries have that. A lot of countries, they have that when we don't yet. Canada basketball has taken that approach where, like US basketball too, back when the Kobe and LeBron guys played, that it was a lot of turnover, but then what Canada basketball said now is, listen, we want a three-year commitment. If you're in, you're in. If you're out, then you're out. I don't care what level you are. I don't want, like, people coming in and out, right? So now, like, they beat France yesterday. Uh, at the time of this recording, yesterday. Um, which was, you wanted to say before, right? Because mm-hmm. Canada basketball and Canada soccer are in a similar situation, talent-wise. Because it was just Steve Nash and that's it. Canada soccer-wise, like, yeah, you're right. Because obviously, the reports we see, because we don't know connections. Obviously, you have some connections, so you kind of have some... Uh, idea of what's happening but um, the funding at the grassroots level is like where they're saying it's key right like or attract dual citizens like you did Alfonso Davies for example but Owen Hargreaves yeah so like guys like that but uh, now there's because I know there's we're we're not going to talk about kind of soccer strictly here but like like the whole CSB stuff I'm not going to get into that right now but yeah like all these like guys like Peter Galindo and all these um, analysts Christian Jack and everybody it's the grassroots level. I know Diana Matheson, she's opening up a women's league, but they still need more teams, right? Not only the Whitecaps committed, I believe, and I think Toronto or someone in Ontario had committed. Yeah. But they still need four, uh, six more teams or five more teams, right? So that's where it has to start because, like, you're not going to grow. Like, you got lucky Alfonso Davies. Yes, he wanted to represent Canada because he, this is where he grew up from being from Africa, but you're not going to get, like, Leo Messi uh, just out of nowhere. No. Essentially. Right? So, like, okay, you know how you mentioned, like, the you like, try to build a U9 grassroots team, right? Like, as, like, a U7, say someone like you, how you fell in love in soccer, like, so early on, it, like, it gives you something to play for, like, from U7, right? As a kid, instead of, like, okay, yo, it's, like, U15, I have to wait, like, what, another 10 years just to, you know, get somewhere, right? But we're at that U9, if you have that there, right, they could, like, be, like, okay, I have this to play for and, uh, you know, try to make this and... Just like competing, like the compete level between the kids will also go up as well. If we had more facilities and we had more education. So if Canada soccer cracked down in the provinces and the provinces are cracking down on the local coaches, educate them. And I personally, I learned this when I came back from England. Something like your warm-ups, right? Like you mentioned, uh, Joven, like it shouldn't just be run laps, run three laps for your warm-up. How unrealistic is that? Get the ball, do a warm-up with the ball. At that age, the ball is your best friend. And you need to be comfortable with that soccer ball. Running is easy. Running will come at school, at recess, at lunch. You'll run all day. You'll get it, how to run. Yeah. Run with the ball. Run through that cone and back. Run through these cones. Right. So stuff like that should be implemented at a young age. Pretty much what the U.S. is doing now. Like that's how you're going to get players like scouted to go to now yeah Canada has done a better job Alfonso Davies Tejon Buchanan Stefan Astakio so on and so forth we mentioned how Tiba Hutchison are getting scouted but the US have taken that next level like the, you said the funding the amount of emails yeah, yeah right. the amount of emails that I'm getting and I currently get about the combines in the states at young ages yeah it's insane 
and I compare that to Canada, we'll have maybe five, six combines. The States has like 20 plus combines across the country. What was it like when you were, so how many comps did you have before your like games? When when you played for Canada? You three. 17, 20? Lucky to have three. Lucky three to have three. For only two weeks each. So I'm going to play in a big game against Mexico in a big stadium with a defender I've only played with maybe six weeks in total and we played about six games where Mexico over there have a back line that train together play together understand if that player goes there I'll be here Yeah, he'll pass the ball to my left foot because he knows me that well I want to have my right foot he knows me that well big difference Yeah, and you can see that on the field the chemistry that the Canadians key, have yeah. compared to other countries I'd say it's day and night at times yeah you can see like disconnection right because like positioning wise is key because positioning is very important because like especially when you're defending right like you defend as a unit type of thing right that's how you hold teams out especially teams that are better than you right so like holding your position like say your center back partner right he steps up and you'd be like okay if he's stepping up what do I do type of thing hmm. true very true yeah alright okay so obviously we'll come back now to obviously we brought about your journey a little bit there from your experiences but you mentioned the support a little like that was just from Canada Soccer let's talk about the support you personally not just family but because again we didn't know you when you were playing Canada Soccer we met what 2015 16 when we started coaching Jobin mm. funny enough <laughs> which we'll get into the funny story that was later. the hardest time in my life <laughs> coaching Jobin <laughs> but no um, what was the support like from the Punjabi community back then and like you got in, you, like you got interviews from Omni for example and then you also did those interviews in Punjabi so like the Punjabi culture so what does the Punjabi culture as a whole mean to you and what is the Punjabi what did the how much support did you get from the Punjabi community that was not your family let's just say with that from the community tremendous amount of support and without a doubt of it they had my back they would always come watch my games the media was always there interviews were always reaching out for Darpen magazine Maffle magazine Omni whatever it may be right that just gave me more incentive to my drive just picked up more that I wanted to just go and do it right? I, I, I kind of enjoyed it getting my name out there but my talent that I was showing I was doing something well and it showed kids that are younger than me if I can do it at a young age to that level anyone can do it anyone yeah anyone has an opportunity to do it so the Punjabi community itself to me as much as maybe back then not as much and obviously the day and age now we live in with the gangs gang violence it wasn't as much back then but it was nice to see some positive news and they really broadcasted that they really were there to show that to everyone that there is something good happening in our community there's not only just the bad things that we hear all day long there's good stuff that people are doing and so it's encouraging it's encouraging to see how about the non-Punjabi community like did you have like friends that were you know white black Chinese etc um, other parts of Punjabi not even like other Indian like Hindi yep. Muslim support from I Brazil? have all kinds of friends support. and support in sport right yeah. I when I played with Delta like my coach was a Gora guy and uh, Greg Parks he I still see him to this day and every time we meet we give a big hug yeah 
when I see his wife at Sun God when I'm working out. Big hugs. Always, they come over to my house. I go to their house. They're always encouraging me, uh, motivating me. That's nice. I guess that's the one good thing about Canada compared to Europe is like you'll get that multicultural you'll get support. That, yes, you'll get the support from everyone. <laughs> I've, I've been blessed in that sense. I've been blessed. Yeah. I've had the opportunity to make a lot of friends from different backgrounds, cultures, the way they've been grown up, where they've been grown up. Um, it was nice seeing even the friends I've made with Team Canada. I've seen guys that came from refugee camp, Abdullah Silia. I played with him. He had nothing. He had no father. Yeah. He had a mom that had nothing. And he was a stud on our team. Left winger, built like an absolute animal. And he was killing it for us. So being friends with him and talking to him, hearing his story, thinking about how blessed I am yeah. to get food on my plate, train in a beautiful grass or turf field, I'm lucky. Yeah. This might be a little bit tough end to the discussion here. What caused you to stop playing? Because, like I said, like doing your research on you a little bit and obviously getting to know you. Canada soccer U20. So that's literally, you were like 19, 20 years old. I think you played U23 Whitecaps, right? So after that, what happened? Like uh, what made you to go towards the local side? Like what? when did the dream or journey stop for Derek? So when I got back in 2013, Sorry, no, 2018. 2018, yeah. I got back. Um, I signed with SFU. So I was talking to a coach here, and he got me into SFU. And I thought NCAA was a route to take. Um, I did that. I, again, wasn't the smartest in class at all. Yeah. If I, I'm scared to say my GPA, but I'll say it was like 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5 GPA. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was shit. It was shocking, right? Um, but I was playing really good. Rookie of the year, MVP. I was killing it. And so Whitecaps came knocking. And here's the thing. If I sign professionally with the Whitecaps, I can never play NCAA again. That's done. Yeah. I took that chance. I went. I went there. All going well. I got in a car accident. Okay. And I got in a car accident. And it just happened right here near Newton, actually on one, uh, 127 and 76 by Benny's Market. And I was out for a bit. That kind of shook things up for me. I couldn't train five times a week how I wanted to. I couldn't jump how I wanted to. That really put a toll on my body. So I trained locally. I played locally, VMSL. I did all that. I wanted to give it one more chance. I had a lot of support. Tremendous support from my father, especially. So I gave one more chance with TFC. Went to TFC. They were just going through a transition period with a new coach. So it was a good time for me to go. My agent got me there with uh, Danny Dicchio. You heard about it? I, heard, I think I heard He's of on name. TSN. Yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome guy. Uh, got there. Played for about six, seven months with TFC. Enjoyed it. And again, Whitecaps came calling. <laughs> and so that's when the Whitecaps too was just getting getting up and going. So do I play Toronto FC? I want to go back home. All right, I was offering good money, my family, friends. All right, so it was an easy decision for me. I wanted to go back. Um, I was homesick a bit. So I, I was playing the Whitecaps. Enjo I was enjoying it. I was still 
finding it tough at times to play consistently. Um, obviously, at times the injury would kick back in. My back was getting tighter. I never had that before. My back would get tighter. Uh, my I lost some fluid in my disc, my L4, L5 disc. Yeah. So I started getting sciatica. And that sciatica put me out. When I'm out, I'm out. I'm yeah, out for yeah, two yeah. weeks. I'm out for a month. I'm out for three days. It wasn't consistent. It wasn't consistent at all. Coaches don't want that. Yeah. If you're going to take that next big step to that next level, you got to be on the ball, fully committed. You're training Monday to Friday. You're at the game on Saturday. And I couldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, sad. Very sad. So that pretty much ended your career. At that point. Yeah. Professional career ended there. Um, but the passion to play was still there. Yeah. I still wanted to play. Enjoyed my playing. Enjoyed coaching. Being around the sport. I'll always be around the sport. Yeah. I love the sport. I enjoy it. Um, yeah, but that was a very tough time. Like it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I heard. Like I personally didn't fully know your story. Um, even surprising. I mean, yeah, enough. I thought I would have known, but I knew there was a car accident. I just didn't know what happened. Cause I knew I didn't know your TFC stint till like uh, when we first met. After uh, I saw like a, I was when we first followed each other on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I scrolled through. And I'm like, oh shit, he played for TFC. I didn't know. I knew yeah. the Whitecaps. I knew. I heard from Jeevan guys was Middlesbrough as well. But mm-hmm. I didn't know the TFC side, but it's good to know there. But okay, look, moving on, sticking with soccer still, like your journey. You obviously the professional route ended there. You literally just mentioned, still want to play, still want to coach. So sticking with the playing side first, we'll get into coaching in a second. Um, why play men's league? Um, people call it beer league all the time too. So. Um, was it always like, okay, you know what? If I can't play here, let me just play. I still want to play for fun. Like money doesn't have to be an issue. I could find another job or whatever the case may be or coaching. Um, so why, why premier essentially? Cause you do, you play prem, uh, and VMSL for example, in this case. So all the friends that I had that were basically from UBC, SFU, ex-professionals, they all played prem. Yeah. I didn't get ever a single penny to play for Prem. Yeah. To this day, I've never seen a penny to play. Some players do. I never have, personally. Yeah. Never wanted it, never needed it. I just wanted to play. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing. There's good talent in the Premier League. No, yeah, no, I used to there's come good watch talent you guys Prem, every yeah. Friday. Not even just you guys, like the local clubs at yeah. the time. Yeah, right? like, I remember, I, I saw you. Yeah. There yeah. were solid games. And, <laughs> yeah, there's some solid games, good games, 2-1, 1-0, right? Ag- aggressive games. Passionate players. You wanted to play for fun, but still be competitive at the same time. Once, here's the thing. You play for fun, Amrit, but when you're on the field, I'm playing against my best friends. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Yeah, that's it, what I mean. Yeah, it yeah, didn't yeah. matter. Like, you, what's the point of playing Div 3, Div 4? Like, you're not that level. No, like, if you're, you're going to play, still, you're going to play for fun, like you said, but still want to challenge yourself and compete. Yeah, Whether course. it be with your friends or against your friends or whatever the case may be. I personally, this could change for everyone else. I like to play. I like to win. Yeah. I like to compete. I like to play against the best players. I enjoy that, right? Stakes get higher, right? If I win, it makes me feel like I've achieved something. And I love that, right? And I set my goals towards that. Um, but it's, again, yeah, people call it a beer league. End of the games, someone brings a case of beer. You're shooting the shit with your buddies. Yeah. You go home. Nothing too serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You train once a week, twice a week. You play on the Friday, right? So... Yeah. It's not too bad. I enjoyed it. It was something there for me. Um, okay, the other thing, you also 
there's a local tournament here that happens in Richmond every year, Nations Cup. And this is where I wanted to get touch. You mentioned talent earlier, but like you specifically, there's the different nations that play Canada, India, Africa as a whole. Um, it's not like specific countries, right? Like the Caribbean is represented as a whole. So why did you want to play a Nations Cup? Again, it's another premier level tournament, another beer league type tournament, as people want to call it. But it's fun to watch over at Richmond. So why represent India, not Canada? And um, yeah, and why do you want to play in those tournaments to showcase that? Like, yeah, showcase what you guys have. So, firstly, play for India. I am so in debt to my parents and what they've been through, especially my dad what he's been through and I've been raised where I know our history I know the sacrifices that our parents have all made to come here so being Indian Punjabi a Sikh to me is I'm so blessed I'm so blessed and it makes me happy I enjoy it so playing for India was a sense of pride for me and with the amount of talent that we have in our community we have challenged that trophy in the finals We've made the finals in that tournament. We have won that tournament more than any other yeah, country. Like every year you're either a finalist or you That's win it. it. Exactly. Yeah, almost every year. And yeah, so every me year. picking India was me showing everyone there, all the countries, the coaches, the referees, the organizers, that when you put a team of these Indian players all together, look what we can do. Look what we can do. We will challenge any team you put in front of us. It didn't matter. We had that talent, speed, skill, strength, you name it, we had it. We were the full, we were the f- fully rounded team. We had everything that we yeah. needed. Oh no, I'm, I'm, yeah, right. And it, it's <laughs> fucking amazing because you know you're gonna go to that tournament, you're gonna slap teams. Yeah, right. And every team is scared to play India. Yeah. Until this day, I can say that 100%. Teams do not like playing us because they know what they're gonna get. They're yeah. gonna get fast, speed, Passion, right? Look at our, look at example CJ. Yeah. He's almost yeah. 35, 36 years old, and he single handedly can control a midfield. Just his drive, his passion to be playing men's open. He can play over thirties if he wants, but no, he decides to play open to show yeah. what he can do. And that's just one guy. Think about eleven players that have that drive, like that, right? Yeah. yeah, you can't stop that team. Yeah, so like you mentioned the talents. So like I want you to go into that now a little bit more. Where do you think, like, you obviously went in the car accident when you, but there's other talent. You mentioned names earlier, like Sahil Sandhu, uh, uh, Bobby Jitti, and all these guys, right? Even on the female side, you had the Jasmine Dandas, the Jasmine Manders, the, who, by the way, shout out to her Canadian um, coach as well on the coaching Go, staff. Jasmine, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Simran Dolly Walls, like, she was around my age, right? Currently, Jeevan, who's uh, at 17 years old doing this. But then there's a lot of people, like you mentioned, in that tournament that could had an opportunity why do you think it didn't work out is it like a parents thing like oh like the classic doctor lawyer engineer and you're just here for fun is it because the players mindset was maybe different they're like they just want to play for fun screw like i don't want to go like what you went through in england yeah so what are your thoughts on that like where do you think it went wrong for the indian community punjabi community well some of the players personally they have careers yeah and when you're building a career especially in this community, the parents are always, the parents that I personally know, I can only talk for myself. Those parents are very supportive. They come out, watch all the games. Yeah. All right. And I can say that firsthand. I've seen that. Um, 
it's basically the players that decide, I can't make this game, I can't do that, I gotta focus on this now. So as soon as your mindset now shifted towards my career, that side of sports takes kind of a step back. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise. I'll tell you why. We are now giving opportunity to the young generation. Yeah. Okay, I'm 31 now. Last uh, well, last month at Nations, there was 19-year-old playing, 20-year-old playing, 21-year-old playing. So what playing. you're saying is over 35 coming soon? Yeah, <laughs> over 30s coming soon? Uh, over 30s. <laughs> not yet, not yet. I still, I'm still playing open. Yeah. I'll play open. Um, no, but yeah, so it's seeing that, it just shows, again, what I said earlier, how much talent we have in our community. It's amazing. It's fucking mind-blowing that you can have back-to-back years, like you said, finalists, right? We Champion. win the champions. Now you have 19-year-old playing. We just won the trophy. And yeah, you just won. And, and that, ni- that 19-year-old just got the defender of the tournament. So once upon a time held by yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like that's clear evidence, right? Like, you know, no matter what happens, you know, the talent is still there because, you know, you chuck in a 17 year old playing with 30 year olds, it's still the same result. I'll say it like my personal belief here again. I think in our community, our parents will go the next step. They will go extra. They will, if it's twice a week training, they'll find a way to get a third day of training. If it's one hour training, Okay, no problem. Let's get the extra half an hour after training, do some suicides, do some ball work. Yeah. I've seen it. I've been through it. All right. I got so many stories of my dad, things that he's done to me when I was playing that. <laughs> Jesus. <Yeah. laughs> right? And again, back then I'm thinking, what is this man doing? Yeah. Do you even love me? Yeah. Right? <laughs> like- Am I your son? And but then you think about it like, wow, like it actually makes sense. Like, that was his way of showing love and giving everything that he had in him towards me. Give me that support. It also depends on the parent at the time, right? Like, so we didn't, how are you exposed to athletics in Surrey or anywhere around the world? Because with my mom, for me was, because like my mom and dad came from India and their mindset is the life in Canada to, you know, give our kids the best opportunity is go to school, um, go to school, do doctor, lawyer, engineer, whatever, pick, mm. pick a career, stick with it. Obviously we started the podcast, shout out to my parents. They're supporting us fully with this because they realize, okay, maybe there is something to it. When they first met you and this is when you were coaching him, first coaching him and they realized like, okay, maybe you could do something with soccer because for example, Jeevan, their own nephew mm. has, is doing it now. But obviously for us, it may, it may have been a little too late. So now they acknowledge that like, yeah, there is um, a career there. So. Do you think that mindset has now shifted? Like you said, the 19 year old, the, cause I think back then at your age, even my age, not like obviously people, you know, might have gone to sport, but maybe there are people that didn't get that support. And nowadays, now you'll see like 19 year olds, 17 year olds, 20 year olds get that support from the parents. And I'm like, Hey, if you want to be a soccer player, we're fully on board. We don't need to force you to go to school, but still educate yourself. But, and you could try to become a career. So that mind shift, mind, uh, set shift for you as well from that, the parents in the community that you know I'm not going to mention names but I know two players currently that are playing in Surrey one just came back from Colombia one came back in the summer from Portugal they're playing there one went to trial one's actually already signed with the team I also know a player he was a player first he's younger I think maybe he's a couple years older than Joven 
He's an agent. He's a player agent. So that's mind. Sh- yes, it, it has. It's taking a shift now in the sense that parents are seeing that doors are open for us. Yeah. Okay. Doors are open. Be an athlete. Jasmine Mader, if not playing, game analysis, head coach, assistant coach, become an agent for our players. So we're still in that sports environment, but we're tapping into physiotherapy, massage therapy, athletics, game analysis. So there's a bunch of stuff we can do. So that's why now, and again, people are making a career out of this. It's their passion. Yeah. Getting paid doing it. Can't complain, can you? Yeah, like and the parents are seeing that now. Yeah, and again, it comes down to education. It comes down to someone that's actually done it, and now it comes down to those parents seeing that, seeing, hey, this person used to train at Newton, and now he's all the way over there. Yeah, what just happened? So the eyes are opening up. Yeah, and their minds opened up now to more options. The more Punjabi, especially with Punjabi side of things, I know we're focused on the Punjabi side of things right now, but uh, the more parents in general, especially in the Punjabi community, see other Punjabis become successful, they're like. Okay, yeah, now they have the proof. Like like I said, my parents with you, right? And now, you mentioned uh, Jasmine and her coaching career and other um, players and that turn into physios and stuff. Your coaching career, how did it begin? Um, and why did you start coaching? And when did you start? I first started coaching in 2019. Oh, I think your times no. are off. No, 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 when I came back from England, that was 2013. Yeah. Okay. 2013 when I first started. I had a girls team for Van United. Was this after the accident and everything? Or was it during This was... The- I did a couple things before. Okay. Just one or two. Very yeah. low-key. Wasn't much. Didn't get too serious into it. Just really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, that was 2013. Girls team, Van United. Enjoyed that for a few years. And then I got with CCB that's when obviously we all met and met Cam Cam had a few teams I took uh, in charge of it was one was yes it was a paid position for me but number two I loved doing it from 4.30 to 9 10 o'clock on the field any knowledge that I have giving it to kids that are younger from the ages of well at that time I was old I coached 12 to 14 and seeing them apply it in the games, it gave me so much happiness. And the parents loved it. And it showed me that they were listening. They want to learn. And I felt, that's the first time I really felt like a mentor. Like a yeah, role model. I felt like a role that. model, a mentor for these kids. And from there, I just wanted to keep keep going at it. Keep going at it. Okay, yeah. So, like I mentioned, um, do you you coach you sorry played in England you coach got you had so you had various different coaches in your career you said you started off with GN different coach there yet you, you mentioned a coach and you mentioned many other coaches how important and this is a question we asked Jeevan actually because like sometimes it could be like well this coach told me to do this well Derek told me to do this mm-hmm. oh well this coach did how much did you is it time like how much do you have to learn and adapt because can, you can't be like my way high or the highway as well as do you don't like, let's say you're doing one on one training with someone but the coach has a different philosophy. Mm-hmm. How much do you can, you can't even as a coach overstep their boundaries as well? So how, like that sense. So are you asking? Uh, okay, okay I'll, I'll break it up. I know that was like a little long winded. First part. I how, got the first part. Basically, how important is a coach? You're saying. Yeah. In a player and like a co- uh, coach to learn not from just other coaches but players and different like different styles. So, again, I'll answer that question. We spoke about 
Canada soccer yeah. from the before. If we had a system in place where every coach, every province was on the same page, yeah. it'd be very easy. Okay? We're playing 4-3-3. Engrave that in these kids. Okay? Easy. Different coaches, you're winning, you're losing. It always changes. We realize that, right? So it's good for the players to learn different styles. I highly recommend that. When I'm coaching, I make sure my players understand 4-4-2, 4-2-3-1, I'll make sure they understand if by any means we have to make a change, we're on the same page. So it's not the fact that we're kind of going away from what other coaches are saying. For example, for the basics, okay, to control a ball, one coach would say, control it when the ball bounces once, foot on top. I say is, try to get the ball without the bounce. Yeah. Okay, it's the two basic things, but again, in the game, in game environment, things change on a fly. So my coaching style, and what I've learned from various coaches, as you mentioned, I take bits and pieces from every coach, what I need, what Derek needs, okay? I didn't know how to score on attacking corners. I didn't know what to do, how to do it. And I realized that this coach was telling me the angle of the ball and one coach was telling me how I should aim my forehead. So I took two different coaches and I applied what I needed. And I scored three goals now from corners. Not that yeah. much, but I'm a defender, so yeah, yeah, yeah. don't judge me too much, guys. <laughs> um, but again, I learned that and it helped me. So it's pick and choose. You're picking and choosing what you need. And also, like, you coach various levels, right? Like, you've coached men's, you've coached kids, you've coached boys, you've coached girls, you've coached Div 1, you've coached Prem, you've coached Div 4. So it's not, you're not going to coach a Prem Div 1 team like a Div 4 team. Like, the Div 4 team is just there to probably have fun. So yeah. it's not like, yeah, you still want to be competitive, but it's not like, but you also got to understand, oh, yeah, okay, this is what I want you guys to fix, but you don't have to go hard into them as much as, say, your Prem team, mm-hmm. right? So there, there's that as well. In yeah. terms of adapting that's a environment. That's a really good question. I just did a summer camp uh, last weekend. And I was coaching kids. They're all the same age, but the levels were very different. So what I did was, one side, I had... The intensity is always there. Okay, the speed, you want speed and intensity. Right? And then a simple passing pattern. But what I did was, it's my decision. Do I want to make a square? That's very simple pass around the square or can I change the angles at a diamond in the square now there's more players moving more distractions so now this is working a bit more yeah so I just kind of changed that around and I adapted there and it worked so intensity speed those things are always there it's just the way you want to set your drills up that kind of change and you do what you gotta do those teams do you also like think like the difference between like each level right is the speed of play like, is that the main thing, right? Big time. As a coach, you want to, again, we always say, ball down and play. Get the ball in play. Get the ball in play. That's great. That's amazing. But again, you got to make sure, make it game realistic. Teach the kids. If you're up 1-0, five minutes left, do you really need to put the ball down and go play? Because I've seen that happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm winning one nothing, and I won't mention this person's name because I think you guys know them. We're winning one nothing. Puts the ball down in a rush, go, go, go. Passes the ball, loses it. Other team scores. Game's tied. Two minutes left, 1 1. <laughs> and I'm wondering, 
No. Delay the game. Delay, right? right? Teach them, under- make them understand the game. You know, get in the corner. Get in the corner. Get in the yeah. corner, right? Basically. <laughs> kick it 40 yards. Kick it 40 yards <laughs> Kick it 40 yards over the net. <laughs> kick but it no, in like, a parking lot. I guess, like, last thing before I have a fun, funny question to ask you too, but with coaching, like, everyone doesn't start off premier level, right? I played a Div 4. Let's just say I, w- I started and I wanted to go higher and higher and hopefully play Prem one day. Obviously, it didn't happen for me. But um, but when you're coaching a Div 4 guy, you also don't, you also want to, like, obviously, when you see their level, capable of playing higher, you're going to move them up. Mm-hmm. But, like, at Div 4, you also don't want to, like, ruin the kid's confidence as a coach and be yep. like, oh, yeah, this is what what the hell are you doing? You messed this up. Go sit on the bench, right? Yeah. They're there to start off to have fun. But eventually, like, if they realize, okay, well, I might be good at this. Like, how you said um, when you got selected for Dunon, even before that with GN, um, okay, I enjoyed it. Now, let me try to get better and better and then obviously adapt as mm-hmm. we go, right? You also, as a coach, you, can, you don't want to be like, Oh yeah, this winning everything. Like you want to develop if they want to continue on, and you don't want to ruin the kid's confidence either, right? At that age too, like at a young age. Again, think about this. Belief is the enemy of doubt. So as a coach myself, Diff, for example, I need to motivate them. I know they're yeah. not they're not there to go train an hour and a half, high intensity, or do this. But the drills I'm gonna do, I gotta make sure that they're they're happy they're having yeah. fun yeah so they train tuesday they're gonna come back on thursday yeah, yeah. Right. they're not gonna give up on me exactly yeah. right i gotta be i gotta change my style a bit where i'm almost your friend and again a coach should be a friend yeah and i always encourage that there's something and i've said this before many times there's something away from the field that's bothering you and affecting yourself on the field i'm an ear here i'm an open ear right you want my opinion i'll give you my opinion my advice if not i'll just listen yeah I'll just listen and I'm okay with that. But I'm always there for my my players. Yeah. And you guys have seen that firsthand. Um so yeah, it's it's a big big shift. All right, so funny question. Any stories you have that are like how or how do you deal with annoying players or annoying parents that like my kid is number 1, you know, if this guy should be playing, why is he on the bench type of thing? How do you deal with it? And if you have any story, you could without naming names, if you do, we could obviously bleep it out. <laughs> if you have any, you can share. So a little while ago, actually the most recent one, I was dealing with this this player. <laughs> actually, you know what? I don't think he was even a player. <laughs> it was just a human being yeah. trying to be a player. Yeah. And I we're playing a simple numbers game, right? For those of you that don't know, watching here, guys, two nets. Okay, you got four players here and four players here. You number each player off. If I say one or if I say two, those numbers go and they attack, yeah. right? I asked this player three times do you know what number you are yes coach you sure yes coach I'm number yes I know okay I call his number he's number three number three let's go other player comes he doesn't move and I ask him you told me your number no coach that number's not for me it's for someone else I let it slide by yeah, yeah. okay that's fine we go again number three that player comes player doesn't go what's going on he's like Firefighters, they're. I, I thought you're calling me a firefighter. <laughs> At that point, like he's probably like punking I, you. No, I, I legit yeah. thought I was being punked. Yeah. I'm like, firefighters. What are you talking about? I'm not saying this is a young player. Yeah. This is a player that is. At an age where he knows. Yeah. That's one, what's two, like, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah, eight. Okay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next time goes comes on third time. I call three. That player's up again. This player. 
has his hands on his net like this, looking up there. And that's when I'm like, you know what? I can't anymore. <laughs> yeah. I went to their parents after the practice and I said, I need to understand what's going on. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, that's how he likes to play soccer. And I had to have a good conversation with the parents, explain them that the- soccer is not what you want it to be whenever you want it to be. <laughs> yeah. As a coach, I'm doing drills. But I guess these parents weren't educated. Yeah. They thought soccer was just for the kid to come, shoot the shit, run around, do what he wants. That's where you got to know the guy's level or if he had any... And exactly. Like, and yeah. know if something's actually going on. In, and I, yeah, and I was, I was so confused. But yeah, I, that was a very tough situation. That tested my patience. Yeah. Okay. Right? That tested my patience very well. How about this? And Joven could talk to this as well because he kind of experienced this more so than I have. Because I got lucky when I'm coaching his team. I didn't deal with sideline coaching. How many annoying... Uh, did you have, like, annoying parents that are like, why is my kid not playing? And then also yelling on the sideline. You're saying, you know, Joven, go th- over there. But then you hear, like, let's just say my, me yelling or my dad yelling, Joven, what are you doing? Go over there. Like, how, how about that? I think that's like, the biggest pet peeve of a coach, probably. Anytime I start coaching a team, I have a parents meeting. And I make it crystal clear. If I'm coaching on this side of the field, don't fucking stand on this side of the field. Yeah. Go stand across the field. And don't yell from there either. Yeah. They're going to yell. They're going to yell. That's fine. I can't stop them. I always say, don't yell. Encourage your, your son yeah, that's or daughter. Yeah. Encourage them, right? But sure. not like coach, coach. But in our community, we know what yelling yeah. is. It's in their blood, right? <laughs> yeah. They're going to yell no matter what. We tell them not to yell. They're going to yell four or five more times. Add a couple more swear words in there. Right? That's our community at times. So I'll do that number one. It was kind of a... It's a funny story now looking back at it, but it's kind of a sad story at first. I was coaching this girls team and uh, this parent kept coming by. His son, his son actually plays for Team India right now for Nations Cup. Men's or youth? Men's. 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 I'm saying no names. Okay. And uh, his sister, I was coaching at that time. And the dad comes and she missed like two open nets. She's having a terrible game. I had no subs. She had to stay in the field. Yeah. Made it very clear. I'm like, X player, you're staying on no matter what. You miss, whatever. Right? The dad's yelling in my ear. Right? Right? I'm going to do this to you. Why are you playing soccer? We spent so much money on you. And he's passionate. He's yeah. very passionate, verbally. Yeah. And he's right next to me. I just turned around and I said, listen, you can't say that. Yeah. No matter to anyone, you just can't say that. You're demoralizing. You're really attacking her right now. There's K- like... Came halftime. I subbed her off. She wasn't having it. Super emotional. I played that game with 10 men. Right? 10 players only. Yeah, 10 players. I lost that game. I was okay with it. But I made a point to that dad that day. I, rather than you doing that and ruining my style of coaching, you're attacking my player at that time. Yeah, yeah she's your daughter but you're attacking my team basically, right? Putting everyone down, causing a scene. I'll play with a man or woman short. And so I did that. We lost the game. I was fine with it. I, I was fine losing that game because I proved a point that day to the parents. If that's what you're going to do, see you later. Yeah. Your kid's not going to play. Good way to do right? it. You're leaving. 
It's like you want to support them, but like not yeah. like that. Either. It was bad. <laughs> you don't want to uh, have like no show parents, no. but at the same time, you don't want to have like overly aggressive parents. Uh, yeah, it got bad. Yeah, man. Yeah. it was like because you dealt with that Metro team <laughs> for a little bit. I know they're probably watching this podcast. <laughs> <but> <laughs> some of them might, but like the sideline coach. Like I remember watching. Just you know, I was bored. I'm like, oh, let's see how Joven coaches, and then I'm like watching the game, and I'm like, this is. I'm just sitting there annoyed. Even now that I'm, I've stopped coaching him and he plays men's uh, with my cousin, and at times I feel weird not yelling because, like, you know, yeah. you're, you're used to coach this guy for your whole life. I, I would tell, tell him, like, I'll encourage you, but yeah, go do this, or I'll see him, like, see down, like, do that. Where before, but that's it. Like, during the game, I'm no, sure. All he tells me is your one on one defending sucks. That's <laughs> after the game. <laughs> I just want to apologize to you guys for yelling at YouTube, by the way, because yeah. if you guys don't know, they referee at times. Oh, yeah. And okay, yeah. I try holding it in, but... Oh, we're going to get to ref stories after. We'll okay, yeah, that. because yeah, I remember one time... Oh, yeah. Because yeah, we have stories with my dad. Do you remember my dad? Dude? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. He's here, by the way. Referee's, oh, referee's number one enemy right there. But yeah, yeah. Guess, okay. call your dad's a guest speaker. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be right. fired up with that story. <laughs> but no, okay. Um, we're going to do a tough, tough transition now. Um, you obviously know where I'm going to go with this. We mentioned, you mentioned earlier, you're a family man. You were homesick. England, you're homesick in Toronto. Um, family support, this is where we're going to go. During the time I knew you, first off, your grandpa passed away. And that was close. Uh, sorry, we, you guys were close. And um, obviously, didn't take a big effect on us. We were, we were trying to support you, right? I guess very quickly, um, what were some of the things that, like, you know, give a little tribute, I guess you could say um, obviously, it's kind of it's been a while now, but um, how did he shape up shape you up to be the man you are today in terms of playing, coaching, and as a person? Um, and yeah, like so, any my, fun story you have? You my grandpa was a very quiet man, very supportive, very respected man, and he was very young. It was a sudden passing. I heard it. He was in India, and I heard it when I was back here, and. I was so blessed because everyone would say, Derek, you're so lucky. You have grandparents. You have your mom's parents, Nana Nani, at all four. And I had my, my grandma's mom. My great-grandma was still alive. And so losing my grandpa was a, a big shock for me. And I've never seen death. I didn't know what death was. My dad, uh, my parents, they sheltered me. They kept me hidden away from all that stuff. I didn't see stress, tension, pain, trauma. I didn't have that bringing up. I was so blessed to have the bring up bringing up that I did until then, until that that painful day, right? When I that all happened. He taught me a lot. He taught me quality time with their family, how much you can learn. He basically I'd come home after a game I lose. The first thing he would always say, Jet Har Hundiya. You win some, you lose some. That's sport. You can't be a sportsman without winning and losing. Everyone will lose one day. And that's how you become the best winner. Right? And that's really stuck with me. And that's very, it's great advice. I still say that to some players that get upset. There's a lot of passionate players that coach. And I explain that, that if we lose, and again, I'm passionate myself. And you guys have seen that. I, if we lose, how did we lose? What's the outcome? What are, what are the gains from this now? It's not the end of the world. Take 24, 48 hours after a game, cool down, talk about it then. Don't talk about the things that are causing you pain and you're upset about in the moment of the heat. Here's the moment, sorry. So 
So that's like the main advice you want to share to people yeah, watching that. That's graphic. yeah, that's really, really, really important that you taught me. Okay, second one, you have you're wearing the shirt right now. Um, obviously we're gonna have a picture. You guys are gonna see us posted on Instagram, and this one hit us hard too because we knew Brandon Bossy personally, your younger brother, gone too soon, right? Car accident. Also a fellow soccer player, a lot of lot of um, uh, talent there as well, and. The reason why we want to bring this up with you is because there's a couple of reasons. Well, we know you through our mama and coaching Jobin. We also know you. I knew you before you in terms of you, through your brother. It's <laughs> like our mm-hmm. family friend and your brother runs the same soccer team. And we the third... Go, we went to watch the games, You right? went to watch the game and yeah. we didn't realize you guys were... Like, I know I met you. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't know you guys were brothers. And then the third way was our dad and your dad, taxi mm-hmm. drivers. Yes. Classic. But... This one also came out of nowhere because you guys literally won the provincial championship, I remember, the week before. And this one hit hard because you always see stories of young athletes passing away. I know there's a guy named Travis Selji. You probably know him personally. I knew Brandon know him personally. We didn't know him personally, but we've seen that story. Mm-hmm. Um, other athletes, whether they were pro or in the community, that passed away. And this one obviously hit hard because I actually had a relationship with him too. Obviously, your family, different story in terms of how it hit. Um, and... You guys started a foundation, and this is why I wanted to talk about this as well. Brandon Bossy Foundation. Before we promo that and everything, why name? Why start a foundation under his name? What is that foundation about? You could explain to the people watching where they could find it. I know it's a GoFundMe page, and what that foundation is about, and what you guys are trying to do with that foundation. So the Brandon Bossy Foundation is something that we started two years ago. So every year we give a scholarship to two students for $1,000 at North Delta Secondary School. Um, students write an essay, we review them, and then we decide which student deserves to be to get that award. Um, the foundation, so Brandon, he always wanted to help people. He always wanted to make a change in the community. That was Brandon. If he saw something wrong, he would fix it. If he saw someone in pain, he would try to alleviate that pain, understand it, be there to support. So the foundation is basically us helping the community. So number one, we've brought in Richie Contessieri. He's a speaker, he's a a professional guest speaker from the States that spoke about bullying. Spoke about bullying and what bullying does. The foundation has now also started a mentorship program where we are getting kids in grade 11 and 12 to go back to elementary schools for the grade seveners. So that transition period from grade seven to grade eight and nine is smooth. We all know from grade seven to grade eight, it's a big step. Getting a locker, classrooms are all over the place, new teachers, older students, much older students, right? There's drinking, drugs, gangs, there's, you name it, it's all there, right? And that really shapes a person when they get older. So this foundation now is also getting mentors that help these students transition, which is very important. We have also done, um, what do you call it, sorry, done funding for kids that need money for school supplies. So in the Wally area, we've gone to schools, helped out with books and papers and whatnot. 
helping with school supplies or just school material that the teachers need. So this foundation is on Instagram, the Brandon Bassey Foundation. Uh, you can get my number from Amrit if you need to be any questions. Um, we'll be dropping your Instagram as well so they could DM you. Yeah, anytime. I'm open to any questions. It's a family thing, but it is also community thing. This is run by Brandon, one of Brandon's best friend, Armand Johal and Gagan Sander. They're close with us. But it's also run by the teachers at ND. So it's a group thing and it's going well so far. We feel happy what we're doing. We are helping bring leaders of the community to high schools. So like Jasmine Madeira, like Randeep, right? Gurdip Bizla, a cop and a wrestler. We're gonna have Christine Sinclair hopefully coming soon. So we're bringing in people that can also give their story, what they've been through, to help these kids be better motivators and mentors for the youth that's coming up. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So one one little story that I know and I can tell you this is we started this foundation from a story that was told to us by his friends and his teachers, Mr. Hundel, that a new kid had came to North Delta Secondary School and he's eating by himself. And Brandon said, it's kind of odd. Never seen him, he's by himself. So Brandon went over, ate his lunch there, little to realize that he's being bullied. Next day, and he wanted to, he went back to school, he wanted to take care of this by himself. Didn't tell anyone, spoke to the bully and he said, it's not gonna happen anymore. And he drew a firm line. Right? And that boundary was set. That, that cannot happen on his Brandon's watch. No teacher was involved. It was a youth as Brandon, helping another youth that was at risk, educating the youth that was bullying. It was youth helping youth and you guys are fully aware about youth helping youth. Yeah, right? yeah, Obviously yeah. with your guys' charity, yeah. right? it's all run by you, you guys, right? Yeah. BC Children's Hospital. So you're fully aware about what that really means. And so that's when we said, you know what? We'll start something where we can educate our youth, help them, that's run by them, or helping our community. Yeah, um, there's a GoFundMe link for people want to donate, so we'll drop that down below. I think it's done over 80K right now. I'm not we did about 85, 90, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. either way, I think, yeah, something like that. Yeah, whoever wants to donate, that link will be down below. Um, like you mentioned the story of Brandon, we knew him as a person as well, and we second everything what Derek said. Um, great, great person, gone way too soon. Um, before we continue, like your grandpa, any fun memory? Because I know you coached him for the last championship he won at the youth level. Um, and any advice similar uh, that Brandon has shared that you want to echo to the people watching? So my memory is I, I would always mess with Brandon. When we were driving to Coastal, our provincial team practice, I'd say, I'm better than you. I'm, like, I'm 10 times better than you. And that, that little bond that we had, it was two brothers just competing. And I hope, I knew he knew, but I, we just never talked about it. I wish he knew that I wanted him 10 times better than me. Right? If he was better than me, I would be the happiest brother ever. Happiest brother ever. Right? But I would just always push him, push him. Oh, I'm better than you. Oh, I can do this. I did this. You can't do that. I can ping the ball 40 yards on a dime. You can do that. <laughs> yeah. And we would always challenge each other. Classic but, brother rivalry. Yeah, but those that those challenges, those memories 
are so painful now and it it's it's so sad right because you miss those things you miss yeah. driving i miss driving in our honda odyssey van from my house to coastal and the whole way there listening to punjabi music and we nice and loud pausing it remember that player this is how you can defend them put some music back on turn it back off you know what derek when you go for a header you should do this so that brotherhood that vibe we had i'm not going to get it back we have friends we have family fathers and mothers but a brother and a brother it's it's an it's a breakable bond yeah siblings like you two it's a it's a bond it is something that is so pure and i always said it he's younger than me he's born in 2000 he's my baby and my sister says the same thing that we lost a baby right a son a brother but a baby a kid right he hasn't seen nothing right? when you go that young you haven't seen nothing at all right and so it's yeah it's very tough yeah um we obviously wanted to get that in there um just because we want to support that foundation as well promote it like any way possible and we encourage you guys to donate and re- if you guys are in the Surrey Delta anywhere in BC even like the lower mainland area and you want to reach out Derek's Instagram along with the Brandon Bossy Foundation Instagram um will be down below if you guys want us to his number you guys could reach out to me or Jobin on Instagram and if you guys want to help out in the community any way possible through Brandon's name feel free to reach out as well um yeah obviously a little tough transition but i think it was a story we needed to share for sure of course um okay so after his passing though we're going to try to go back into it you took a little break from soccer right mm-hmm. like completely from coaching and playing was it because of that as well and yeah. was it just cuz you know what i want to take a break from soccer because that was like you mentioned you and him shared that bond especially with soccer yeah so i this is a tough topic this is um if you want to get into it you there's things it. not proud about there's it's very tough and i took 3 4 months off slowly got back to work i couldn't do it and drinking drinking try to suppress the pain locking myself in the room just crying listening to sad songs it was very painful um i realize in about it took me about a year and a half almost two years i was hurting my body not training eating like shit any opportunity i could drink i'd want to drink so i couldn't play cuz i'm drinking half the time it wasn't good for me it's not the person i want to be not the person that i am but i realized that i never grieved i never really grieved and i'm happy to say this and i'm proud to say this i'm the first person that never believed in counselors i went to go see a counselor and i'm telling anyone out there that's listening and watching us that there is no harm in seeing someone else other than your family that might not maybe your family doesn't understand you can speak to someone out there if you need help with anything so i realized by speaking to someone that i needed to grieve i got i need to find out cuz again the grieving process is different for everyone i didn't let my parents grieve because they're worried about me the shit that i was doing and so that being said that took me time and that kind of put a big black cloud over myself um my family my girlfriend at the time and fiance but it was yeah it was just something that 
I didn't realize I was doing wrong. I was just trying to hide everything. But when you realize that the memories we have, the memories I personally have of Brandon, they're always going to be there to the day I pass. But now instead of me living those memories in that moment, that memory of me being in the hospital, being the first at scene, seeing everything that I saw that I don't need to mention in this podcast, it's very, very traumatic. Yeah, like if right? people aren't, do want to know what happened, no. you guys could Google it, but we're and not so going to go into it. What I see and I saw, I'm suppressing it, I now have the capability in myself by getting help. I'm viewing it from afar. I used to be stuck in that memory. I used to have the senses, the smell. I would see it. I would hear things. And I now am just viewing it. I'm viewing it like a movie. I can see what's happening. It's not bad to view it, to see that this was a tough time in my life. For everyone, our family, the community, it was very heartbreaking. But now to view it how I am, I can live with it. If I can live with it, I can live my life. I don't need to harm my life with the shit I'm putting in my body, with the booze, with partying, or not playing soccer, not staying fit, eating like trash. I don't need to do that anymore. So, I'm out of that phase and I feel happy to be. So how is now, let's get more in the positive. Uh, well, this is a, still a good positive story for people that need to hear, but I mean, how has that come back now? Like you said, you're going to come, like obviously I talked to you on the phone what, a couple of, about a week ago, saw you a couple of times here and there, but we didn't really get to chat mm-hmm. properly until that phone call we had to come on the pod. And you, you mentioned to us that you're back into coaching, you're back into playing. So how has that come back now? Like, uh, what have you learned? Um, obviously, you mentioned a lot you've learned now. But now, the process of, like, the season, your guys' season starting, what, in two weeks? Um, so, yeah, what's that journey to the comeback now? I have that drive. The drive that I had lost, where I thought I lost a life. I lost everything. I was below the dirt. I just felt my life was over. I have built myself back up physically, mentally. I am committed. I am driven, motivated to be on the pitch. So my release, my therapy, for some it's nature. For some it's running. My therapy is on the soccer field that I've realized. When I see young kids playing, smiling, winning or losing, they're enjoying themselves. That gives me so much peace inside. I can't even tell you guys. Playing is so good for me. It's so beneficial for my health to keep playing. And I love playing. I'm training now. And playing again and getting stuck in those tackles, winning headers, I miss that stuff. I miss it. Being that leader out of the back, I'm excited to go back. And this season, I'm looking forward to it. All right. So, okay, now this would be a funny question. (laughs) Um, I haven't played in like seven years. So advice for me for a comeback. Now, obviously, I didn't have to go through what you had to go through to come back. Clearly, we can't. I came back. I won a trophy somehow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw now, that. I did not do shit. I, I saw I'm that. Granted, this guy carried more, and we had other teammates that helped us win. I'm not taking credit for that. But first of all, where's my invite to that? By the way, 
Huh? Oh no! Uh, yo, where was my invite? No, listen. I uh, at the field. I was like, I was like to Mama, and I was like to Joven. I'm like, and the other teammates, right? I was like, do I call Derek and <laughs> at the spot because we needed players? I would have been there. No, but at the same time, I'm like, it's wreck. I don't know if he wants to play, so I just left it. I playing, played like, wreck. Like, I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm I, think, I think it's uh, shitty. But playing with the boys, yeah, fuck, why I know, not? That, that's why, why it was not? such a fun time. We were playing with the boys. We're, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. We're, now, we're entering in that seven v seven league yeah. now. Obviously, and honestly, watching your mama. Cam run is by far the funniest thing that I've seen. Oh, if if he, were. he thinks, yeah. and for everyone that's watching, he thinks he can play soccer. I beg to differ. That man can't play soccer. He's a great person, but he's not a soccer. Yeah, guy. If, he, if you if you were there, he met, I set him up perfectly. He missed the open net. Open net. Yeah. Point proven. <laughs> Point proven. Yeah. Yeah. No, because um, I mean, he always brags like the one time. This was like what in the Punjab B tournaments. Uh, he played with you guys for that one, and he's like, I almost scored an, up yes. an open A. <laughs> he made one tackle until this day. Almost scored. <laughs> until this day, I never had the end of it. Derek, you remember what I did? You remember what I did? I'm like, Cam, you remember when I used to have diapers on as well? <laughs> remember recess? Like, <laughs> let, it, let it go, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, advice for a comeback. Like, just, is it just simple? Just find small the steps, small get steps. Get back into shape. That means go, juggle in the backyard. Take Joven, go to Newton, right? Well, you can walk there now. Yeah. No worries, but just pass, pass, take some shots, right? See if you're enjoying it. You're enjoying it? Now start doing some fitness, maybe. How how rusty were you? Because like, I remember I stopped playing for a year back, like U16. Came back, and obviously I had to play U21. U16 Div 3 back then, and U21 Div is like Prem guys coming up. It was a bad, massive jump. But did you feel like you lost your touch a little bit, or the muscle memory came back pretty quick? The muscle memory came back very quick. I felt overweight. I felt heavy, right? Um, obviously, with the booze and stuff, it wasn't helping. But I trained. I lost it very quick. Like right now, I feel I'm in great shape. Yeah. I I look good. I feel good. Um, I'm running every day. I enjoy that. I mean, touches on the ball by myself when I can. Team trainings. So for me, it was it was good. I never really lost the touch. I would say. Yeah. It was just more of the fitness aspect of things. And the mindset. And the mindset. But the motivation, that comes in here. Right? Yeah. I, f- I have ways, that personally, that I can find motivation myself. Yeah. Some people need the motivation by a teacher or a coach or whoever, by a parent. But I can build it within. Yeah, no, for me, I just want to play for fun. I'm like, yeah. you know, just coaching yeah. this guy and watching him play because even he kind of had a mini comeback. Mm. But um, I did stop for a year. He did stop for it because of COVID. That was a big yeah. Factor. That was a big one. But yeah, yeah um, no, fitness goes like your cardio. It goes. It down. goes well, like even working, if you go the week. School. Yeah. yeah. You gotta have a balance. But right? Yeah, right? Next balance. time, next time we enter a random uh, thing like that, we'll, we'll call you up if you want to play. Yeah. Yeah. Down, the other I'm guy, down. I didn't. Also, I was like, do I want this guy injured <laughs> no. <laughs> when it comes to that? Because like, I'd be down. The, no. trust me, like if you were there, we definitely would have won it all. In, like we won the first game four one. I assisted him, which I'll take credit. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, I scored. I scored. After that, we had like zero zero games because we're all. He's gonna be like Cam. No, yeah. watching like not, ten years. I'm not like, yeah. hey, Jovan, you remember that assist I gave <laughs> no, you at a seventy seven tournament? Trust me, I, like, I need to score. Then maybe. Remember yeah. the reason you succeeded? It was all me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but funny. no, um, yeah, no, it's like it was fun, like seven v seven league, and um. They put yeah, Derek Stryker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Derek, we center back just cleaning everything. Center back. Because our goalie, I'm not gonna say the name, but you, you'll know who. I'll tell you off camera who it is because you know him. We, he was the reason why we won because <laughs> like, it's an actual goalie play, going back into small net so he would just save everything but um, yeah look at let's get into some f- last couple of things here some funny stories topics we have I know you're a footy guy so we'll talk a little f- a little footy <laughs> if you want first up what is it like coaching Jobin and 
you could joke around, you could be serious, however you want to take it. What is it like coaching Joven? I liked it because you he would always be early with your dad or yourself. So it was nice because I had an assistant coach player. <laughs> he would help me with the cones, the balls. And I'm like, fuck, perfect. Rainy day. Joven, grab that balls bag, bring it over here, grab the pennies. And because I knew him quite well in your family, the, the dynamic we have with our yeah. families, I trusted him to make teams. So my job got easier. Yeah. Having someone like him on my team, I found it a blessing in disguise. Right? He did well for me. He was very versatile. Right? Yeah. I don't think I've ever told you, you're a very versatile player. If I put you defense, you can play defense. Yeah. Put you mid, mid. Striker, striker. Okay, so that's for me, that's a dream player. I'll put you somewhere, that's, just go do that. That's exactly why I put you That's exactly what he did <laughs> to me. That's exactly what I did. When he started coaching. But what was it like seeing that little skinny kid and looking at him now? Day and night difference. Bro, I was a You stick. had no meat on you. I was a stick. I was a stick. I know you guys had Ben a little while back. Talk to him. Put some meat on. Put some muscle on. Back then, that's, that's, what, that's, that's, what, what, that's what happened. I took yeah. That's how I got it. So that's yeah, I can tell. Yeah. So that's awesome. Like I remember that like, you were a twig. Like, yeah. A little stick. I was. Right? Like I would just touch you and you'd go flying. <laughs> so no, looking at you now, it's nice. It's good. It's encouraging to see. What was the? Uh, uh, I remember, like, cause the first time you coached him was like a seven. It was eight v eight, and I know you coached him full field. That was a, that's a whole different thing. But I remember because their team at the time wasn't the greatest. I was when you first coached them. Yep. And they got their first ever win. And it was like one nothing second half. I remember this vividly. 30-minute halves. I think you guys scored in the second half or first half, whatever it was. I think we scored in the first. First was half. this game in Langley? Yeah. yeah, it was Langley game. Okay, so Langley. I and remember. And immediate, you're like, Joven, go back to defense. This other guy, good defense. And we had our, the big, remember, the, the, I'm not going to say his name. But he knows who I'm talking about. The tall guy. You also know him relative a lot. Yes, yes, yes. You three center backs. Yes, uh, like pretty much. I remember this day. And then we won one nothing. And you bring up Mister Big. (laughs) I remember this because that was your first win as a coach against these guys too. Yes, yeah, I remember Mister Big, and I remember that. It's so funny you said that. I totally forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, we We were were last week. We thought we had won the World Cup. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that first. We were all in on the field. Like go, go, go. (laughs) Because like what. You guys were put into Div 1. You guys went to Div 2. No chemistry whatsoever. No chemistry. All a bunch of I randoms. Was, I was house. I was a house player. That was my yeah. first time like actually All a bunch of randoms and... Oh, yeah. We, oh, that was nice, man. <laughs> Those parents on the other team were like, who what the they? fuck are these brown guys? <laughs> yeah. and why are they so happy? Because right? yeah. we beat you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Yeah. yeah. Little did they know it's our first ever win. Yeah. Right? But like, obviously, like, you were like legit my first proper training coach. Like, all yeah. these like, you know half turn shoulder check all this yeah. stuff I got that all from like from you from like the beginning basically nice. what was it was it like coaching me for that little brief U21 period even though I was just there as a filler you were a filler for you it was you're good at tackling but I just kept wondering like, out of shape you're so out of shape That's and, it. I, and I, you're out of shape but again I was just happy to have you there you were a body for me you were, you were at times like a pylon for me I think you were at pylon I would just say okay I'm gonna put a pinny on just stand there be a defender just don't pick your nose while you're at it right yeah. and no you thing is again you're on time right you're there you're earliest there what I, you go last from what I was told when I used to play back in Surrey United I, again I never like he played Div 1 was ca- capable of Metro right I only played like house and bronze from what I was told it was just like dude you're just out of shape you, you have the touch you know what to do it's just like your fitness level is not that you, you know it. the all. game yeah both you know the game right especially yourself you understand how the game works but if your body's not gonna allow you to yeah. do it good luck yeah <laughs> that's what I'm saying like we have our, the cousins that played with us he's the opposite of me he's in shape but then that dude could just run around and got two goals out of it yeah. but yeah 
Um, That's funny. Are you a trash talker? And how much and do you have any trash talking stories? As a coach and as a player, if you have any. <laughs> as a player, I I remember one time it got well. One time you probably heard about was the Whitecaps. I think. Omar Salgado. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's fun. one time. <laughs> 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 I haven't said that name in a long time. Uh, it's funny because we had his poster because he went to some Whitecaps camp and they just gave him that poster, I believe. Well, I didn't, I didn't yeah, so I, you. no, he did. He was a first round pick. I'm a little skinny brown kid that just came from the academy, training with the first team, and I kept putting the ball all over him, and yeah, he wasn't liking it. He's like, who the fuck do you think you are? I'm like, listen, I'm winning the ball fair and square, right? This is what it is. If you can't beat me, you can't beat me. You're not good enough. I kept winning the ball again and again. One a tackle, a slide tackle. He came on top of me, and he hit me his head purposely on my nose. I turned, I hit him. He hit me. I get him on top, and I start punching him. Yeah. Okay, I start <laughs> punching him. Eric Hasley, Jay Demere, literally, I never been manhandled like that in my life. Just from behind, grab me, lift me up. It's okay, Bassy. Bassy, stop. It's okay. <laughs> so we both get sent to the changing room. At the end, they both came to me. Jay Demerit, Hasley, and his name was Tommy Sowen. He's the head coach at that time. And they said, listen, you guys are young. He couldn't handle it. He obviously initiated it. It's okay. Yeah. I was just, thank God. Because my dad <laughs> yeah. called me on the drive home. Yeah. Because he's listening to Team 1040. And I was on Team 1040. My dad, yes. Oh. And my dad said, okay. how was practice today? Oh, that was good, dad. Because <laughs> I find it very hard lying to my dad. Yeah. yeah. I can't bullshit him. Yeah. yeah. He'll catch me like this. Uh, it was good. He's like, oh, how's Omar? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Nate, a little bit of something happened. A little yeah. fight. But it got out like that. Yeah. yeah. And so... That was kind of tough. Um, but you're not like a really a trash talker unless someone starts unless Unless, no. I don't care. I let my performance talk. Yeah. I know for a fact when that ball comes, the ball's going to be gone. The player's going to feel the tackle. Right? <laughs> Similar to Cannavaro, John Terry, yeah. how they yeah, played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I love those players. They make it felt yeah. when they tackle you. There's you no know nonsense, right? Yerkes, Puyol, yeah. right? The lion. He's absolute stallion. Yeah. And you're going to get this coming your way. Anytime we're a coach trash talk you or a player as a trash hockey as a coach or whatever or uh, a player like, has once and he didn't want to come off and oh so your own, this is your own team this is my own team yeah you 17 is off on a Brandon's team he didn't want to come off and we got into it and in front of the technical director I subbed him off he finally came off because the teammates like our bench players getting up saying come off come off he came off this was like that 30th minute of the first half I didn't put him in the whole game and at that time you're supposed to each player deserves 70% of playing time if, if possible yeah and I didn't play him and we got into it and I leaned into him right I made it very clear that he does not call us shots if we lose I will take full responsibility okay luckily we won that game right <laughs> but do you take full responsibility for the win the win? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> you have to. It's all the coach, right? Yeah, it's all the coach. Um, yeah, Joel. Shut up. <laughs> not you. <laughs> I, got a, I got one story. I was, uh, it was Guatemala against Canada when I was 19. And we're in Mexico. And I got spat on in the face. And this wasn't even during the game. Halftime whistle blue. I'm walking off. And he turns around. And he goes, gives one of 
right in my face. I just wiped it off. I was young. I didn't know what to do. I was kind of like, do I hit him? I don't want to hit him. Don't red card. It's not my style. But that next half, I had his number. Any ball that came in the air, he felt my elbow on the back of him. Yeah. Right? He felt me. He heard me all game long. We won that game. That's it. So performance <laughs> always talks more yeah. than my mouth. <laughs> you you alluded to some ref stories. So you were talking about how me and him were refing. I think that was one game I refed. Oh. <laughs> it was like you and it was like it was like a league game, but it was like our clubs playing at it too. Yeah, I, I, I had enough. I'm like both of you guys shut up when I'm walking off the field. <laughs> Any other ones or I remember I remember yelling at you guys because it was yeah. so easy. Yeah, it was so easy, and I just I don't know sometimes like. If you yell at the ref, it just shows the players that you're coaching, he means business. So indirectly, I'm telling my team, I'm getting passionate. I'm emotional here now. Wake the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> right? Start doing yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, refs, I don't know. I, I learned when I was quite young. My One of my coaches I used to have, uh, he said to me, the ref is God. He said, Ref says something, he's not going to take it back. He gives you a card, he's not going to five minutes later come back to you. I take that yellow card back. It's okay. No, Don't let it happen again. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting a yellow no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. You tell him to F off, you're getting a card. Yeah. Right. So I learned that quite young. So I've been good. And I've built, I've built a reputation with refs where they know me through playing and now coaching where they understand my style. I'll question them time to time, but I know where the line is. Certain refs yeah. do need it. And yeah. certain like, um, like obviously us refing, we kind of experience what the ref goes through. So we, like when I started, uh, when I started, well, continuing coaching his team, I understood where like, okay, I don't need to yell at the ref here. Yeah. But like a certain moments, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. what is this? Like, like, sometimes it's terrible calls, right? Yeah, but again, yeah. it's terrible calls. You gotta keep them on their toes. Yeah. 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 Right? Last thing you want is the ref they thinking the about game. what he's eating for dinner tonight yeah. and not calling the calls you should be making. I'll be honest with you. I feel like I did that. Like I'm not gonna lie. I think I lost potential. The game. I know you did. Yeah. I know. You. I can tell you point yeah. blank. You did. Right. And I that's why you got an earful for me. But I'm not gonna lie. I feel like every time you yell at me, I'm just looked at you and smile because I think you were joking. Yeah. Little did you know that I had a fire in my belly. <laughs> yeah. But so, what was your reaction to my dad though? Oh. At Jovin's games, that you just oh my he God. just goes into the ref and I'm have to like calm him down. I am still. Scared of your dad. <laughs> that man, he, It's just refs. He won't yell at a player or a coach. Just, it's something, it, like he has a vendetta against referees. He still does it to this day. I have to like, calm him down. Like, at our 77 yeah. game. <laughs> I'm actually thinking of maybe yeah. just like, sending an email to like BC Soccer. <laughs> just be aware of this guy. Right? <laughs> just like, you don't know, have a picture on every field. Yeah. When you walk into the field, the refs can see his face there. Yeah. Be aware. Right? Does not like you refs. Like, I don't know what it was, man. He, he's not a, he's a big guy, right? Short and stocky guy, but he's, yeah. he's got a voice that is scary. It is. Right? <laughs> it's scary. When he talks, you just listen. He got into the game himself. Yeah. <laughs> you just listen. It's like, ref? Yeah. It's like, I can't yell at the players. Okay, let me yell at the ref. He questions the ref. Then he yells at the ref. Then he questions the referee. <laughs> <laughs> like the only time I've ever told my dad to shut up, like like say the word shut up, is like when I'm coaching him and I'm in the middle of yelling, like my dad's in the corner yelling, I'm like, dad, shut up. I'm not trying to pay no $500 fine. And that'll yeah. get him quiet because money yeah. talks. But uh, That's funny. What, okay, so John Terry was a player. I was in, that was my question, but you kind of answered it. John Terry is the game player you modeled your game after? John Terry, Rio Ferdinand, 
uh, Cannavaro. Those three defenders are defenders that I, I enjoyed watching. They were vocal. I like being vocal in the field. They had a good life outside of football. Their aggression. They're simple defenders. There's no funny business with defenders. Right? Is it, defenders is it, don't do get the ball, try to dribble between three players. Right? They defend. They make sure that's a clean sheet the many times they can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially those Italian defenders, right? Like um, <laughs> Maldini. Yeah, Maldini. But like I'm talking about like when Italy won the Euros. Oh, Benucci. Like Benucci and Chiellini. They were oh, no nonsense. They were. They were class. Mourinho said it. Yeah. He said Mourinho said if I had those two defenders. I would have won this. I can yeah, win anything. He could win. He'll win. Anything he wants to win. Yeah. Because that's his style, too. That's his win. style. Yeah. They are... He literally said that they could be professors. It doesn't want his funny interviews he does. Yeah. They could be professors about how to defend. Yeah. yeah. And they would put a nice lecture on for everyone that wants to learn. Yeah. Has there any been players that you've coached, like, I guess, more so his age now, um, even my age, I guess, that you've played with and does that make you feel old <laughs> currently yeah I'm playing with a few players I coached they're 2004 born uh, 2003 2002 borns um, well I guess from 2000 2000 2004 those because you did yeah. yeah you played with your brother yeah but. so it's I enjoy it alright I enjoy it because you coach them you have expectations for them now yeah especially if you're on the same team you expect them to understand what you spoke about and it's it's fun. I I enjoy it. Yeah, because even like I coached him all his life. Oh no, sorry, his you like the full field, like the eleven yeah. eleven aside. That tournament was like the first time we actually played a competitive game together, and it was like it was fun, right? Like yeah. I said, I, like me assisting him, it wasn't like oh I'm not gonna rub it in his face, but it's more so like that memory now. Like yo, I assisted your goal. Like that's the first yeah. ever goal connection we've had too. Yeah. So there's that. That I think you're the only one I've ever coached that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, um, the other relative too but yeah. yeah it's like they say like my dad says like there's a father and a son right as soon as the son's shoe becomes the same size as the father's yeah. it's not father and son we're best friends we're brothers now yeah. Yeah. so when I'm coaching say a kid for so many years and eventually he's in the same field as me playing yeah. we're the teammates now we're buddies we're best friends so that feeling of pride and joy it's amazing to have. It's nice. Thoughts on the Punjabi tournaments that you played in? Do you, do you think they were that good? I played in or in general? Like in general and you played. I guess you technically played so you had thoughts in general. Was it good for development? Because sometimes you would hear like the nonsense parents would say like Kenji, which means like slide tackle the hell out of them or whatever. You know, while you were coaching him or your men's open days. Did you, were you a fan of them? Were you not a fan of them? Because they're not as much, go, they're not going on as much now. As it's not going on as much. It's a good question. It's good to get games under your belt if you can manage it. Yeah. Playing four games against four top teams. In like right? what, two days? In the span of two days, four games, right? And again, I said the same thing. Everyone still to this day speaks about Nations Cup. Having those many games on Sunday. Yeah, like there were Sunday games are brutal. It doesn't, yeah. But again, the beer garden is bumping. Yeah. So <laughs> they're making money, right? <laughs> but it's good, like I said, if you can manage it to get games under your belt. If you want to play. For the kids, it's good. It's fitness. It's game fitness. For coaches, it's good because you can actually coach. You know most of the coaches. You can say, hey, tell the ref, uh, we need to stop here for a second and explain the game, the game scenario. Some refs don't even mind. They'll still yeah. call the halftime whistle, but get a break at 15 minutes if you want. Yeah. So it's very laid back. So I, for youth, it's good. I, I like it. For adults, 
yeah, the the talent is gone. Um, that's like more for, so for fun. Like, it's for fun. There's not that there's much cash prizes. Though. There's <laughs> cash prizes. There's that's where that's where it gets annoying. Even like when I'm coaching him or watching him play, the people that took it too seriously. Like I know there's like a whole rule about HPL players and stuff, but like those teams that would bring in HPL players just for the sake of the tournament. Whereas like like you said, I viewed it and other teams some like you view it as like a preseason for the winter season. Like that's how I want to do it. But then it gets annoying when yeah maybe it's better for them to play against the HPL. They want to win. They want to win. Winning is awesome. I'm, I'll be the first guy to say winning is great. But Feels amazing. <laughs> Do you need to win up a W tournament? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be something all of a sudden? Are you going to be overnight yeah. sensation? Yeah. I mean, right? yeah, prime example, you're not. Like, we finally won one and they gave us silver medals. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. You have no idea what the medal is right now. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> like, so, again... Yeah, it's yeah the trophies, the medals. If that's your vibe, that's your thing. Again, I'm not here to judge. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, enjoy. But personally, yeah, it's it's nice if people take it seriously. Uh, it's good if it's more organized in a sense of games, times, and yeah. Yeah, because I think with the um, the Tigers tournament that happens, the the uh, the Open Premier one, where players or team, coach, team, they will bring out-of-country teams or out-of-country players just to win because it is a cash prize. Yeah, 13000 Yeah, which is obviously for some people it might not be a lot, but for a lot of people it is yeah, a lot. it's a lot so. of money. But um, two, two funny stories before we get, uh, get into footy talk here quickly. Um, I, I was pretty much your chauffeur half the time <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to taking you to, to games to coach or like we just... We just we we were we were pretty much carpool buddies at this point because a I think you didn't really have the car too that often but like it's like yo I'm right we're going to Empire Field let's go <laughs> and then like nine a.m. I'm like oh okay let's go yeah yeah so like we bonded over that a lot too and yeah. we're just joking around like you would call almost like every day back then yeah. obviously life happens yeah those are some fun memories though for sure I enjoyed it man we got close <laughs> it was fun shooting the shit driving around <laughs> grabbing Timmy's right I think there's a one funny story we're gonna. We never brought it up. I think it's the time, <laughs> time to bring it up. It was me, you, and one other person that was helping us with the club at the time before it got shut down. Mm-hmm. It's a she, so if if she ever watches it, um, I y- think I already know. Okay, we had to go to a <laughs> soccer store. I think it was Soccer Express to pick up stuff. You were driving. You wanted to drive. It was the classic mama pickup truck too, right? The uh, yeah. And all of a sudden, you guys were driving by, and. Uh, this is when like Portman also had a toll on it on the bridge too. So I think I don't know where we were driving. I think we were driving on the way to Portola Bridge through Scott Road. A freaking alcohol shop comes off and you got you too because I don't drink. But obviously you guys didn't drink hard or anything. Yeah, but yeah, it yeah. was like you guys just got like I think Smirnoffs. <laughs> You're like oh it's hot. I remember. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like all right. I'm right. Drive now. <laughs> yeah, I remember. It was come, on the way back it's like okay hold up pull up into that McDonald's now and yeah. we better throw this away before the evidence comes in. Yeah. And to this day I think no one knows except no now, one knows know, this story until now. Why did you gotta tell everyone? Well, I know now. Lately. But uh, I know. no I know exactly <laughs> who that was. And it was hot, and I was exhausted, <laughs> and I was thirsty. <laughs> so yeah, had a couple of those drinks, and yeah, it was nice. It was a this nice. This was like drive. almost like seven years ago. So it was yeah, fun yeah. to take now, but it was funny. Yeah, but yeah, that was like the funnest. The funnest. Hey, at least story. we. Inc- at least I'm encouraging. Don't drink and drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, last funny thing we want to mention. I think I don't know if we have to thank you or say f- you essentially. <laughs> You introduced us to the stairs, and you know the exact uh, stairs. Those <laughs> stairs, bro. Yeah. Me and him went like two weeks ago. We've yeah. been going weekly. Uh, we haven't been. We, we didn't go today. Well, I, I hurt myself. Let me yeah. know when you go next. I'm always there. 
Yeah, like we we always look thinking like, are we gonna run into this guy? We, I okay. So the funny story with that is, I never did. I'm, I was introduced to him. You introduced me to him and our other relative mm-hmm. to prep for, yep. I think tryouts or something. And then you took your teams in the past, and that's yep. when I first saw it. And I remember this was like three years ago, trying to get back into shape a little bit more. And I'm like, oh, I, I worked at um at a home sense, and it's obviously physically tolling. So things with the office job that sucks now is like, I'm, I can't yeah. do that now, right? And coming from downtown, I don't have time to go to stairs. I remember one day, because I don't know where they were. I, I, I've tried Googling stairs delta. Yeah. And it would show me the Coquitlam crunch half the time, yeah. right? And I don't know, randomly, finally found it. Just turned into a random way. I'm not going to disclose exactly where it is. Um, it's our secret. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, here we go. And I started doing them like two times a week. Obviously helped. Recently, obviously started doing it again. And that shit taxing bro. Yeah, <laughs> I terrible. puked the second time I went I had to puke I that, couldn't do it but how good he did well after? on it I couldn't really yeah. bro, how I good did you feel after I was done after like three first of all well, like, I was, yeah. my legs were done like I couldn't yeah, walk for two days it's like it's good because like you it's like resistance running right like it's key when you look when you're training, like right? upwards and you're like oh my god yeah. it's all those stairs so what I used to do now well currently I still do it I'll go instead of I go all the way up to the top I come back down then I'll go five flights down, four, three, two, one. Yeah. So I'm staying close to the ground. If need be, I need water or to lay down or whatever. Well, yeah. Because your legs are jelly. Like, when are you going? I feel like I'm falling what? down the stairs. Yeah, like down the stairs is like, oh, I get to relax. Nope. That's you're, so good you're for your scared of, You're yeah. scared to fall down because of the gel. You're strengthening yeah. all the muscles around your knee. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, we, no, we didn't do it. We were going to go swimming right after because um, I finally went swimming and I kind of have it still, which is yeah. kind of funny because I used to. Um, that's good lifeguard and all that stuff dude. really yeah i, don't know I completed that. all of it i didn't get the job that's awesome. and that just didn't bother and then i still kind of have it nice. so try to can, get back can you swim Jovin? i used to like i did my 10 levels but like you can't swim now i love you it. went i went you can but it's just like but it's pathetic it's, it's terrible <laughs> I, can't, I can't float anymore <laughs> yeah. i was surprised i was able to i was like do it yeah 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 it was still chills though like especially how long after we went but yeah like i'm like the stairs i'm like in a way, thank you, but screw you for introducing this. Yeah. Trust me, long term, you're gonna love me for it. You're gonna love me for it. Because I'm, gonna, I'm trying to make it a weekly thing. Obviously, it's gonna be winter time soon. So hey, I'm all yeah. in, man. You guys go next. Give me a call. I'm in. All right. Well, yeah, I'll meet you there, and we'll go. Yeah, because we're, we're like laughing. Like, what if we see Derek right now? Because we usually, oh, if you see me, you will then you tell me to fuck off. Like, <laughs> I'll work. That's why we're like, we're not inviting you. We don't even invite you. Then I'm just doing my own thing, going up and down, just trying to get that cardio at least rolling. Cause I could barely do three in the party. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, f- let's get into some footy talk. Uh, last couple, I know I was running for a bit, but your top five all time that you've seen. I'm gonna keep make that clear. You, you, that you've seen play, uh, play, and if you currently do still watch, who's your current top five as well? My top five teams. No players. 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 And you're in the world. Yep. Okay. Number one. Jobin. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, uh, <laughs> cut that part out. Um, yeah, I edit it. I leave that oh, in. I'll go Messi. All yeah. time, Messi number one for me. I think he's better than all Ronaldo talk. Okay, so Messi. Uh, next player, I'd say Puyo. So it's not even Ronaldo. <laughs> Puyo. Okay. Right. For personally, it's my personal. Yeah, it's your personal. Yeah, your personal. Yeah, personal. Yeah, Messi. Next one. Old school. Oh, sorry, Zidane. Third Zidane. Okay. Yeah. Was it Zidane? Uh, fourth one. Skulls. Oh, wow. Not even... Not even a legend. Right? Okay. I'm not a big Ronaldo guy. Yeah. Okay. Skulls. 
Well, you don't think Ronaldo got to know, know he's Seth, still like one yeah. of the greatest. He is yeah. the greatest. Yeah, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You asked me for my five. Yeah. Uh, but this is your favorite five. I'm saying, what, what do you think is the fifth, greatest five? My favorite five. No, no, this is your greatest five. My greatest five. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Right. Another one, Ronaldinho. Okay. I think those players when they played, no one got near them. At the highest level they've played. Untouchable. I can't wait to clip this and see all the Ronaldo fanboys. Because I agree, I have Messi one, but Ronaldo too. But I'm just yeah, saying. but yeah. <laughs> okay, what about the old school Ronaldo? No, no, I know. I'm, where, I where, where would he I rank? I haven't personally watched him properly. That's why I said the old because, school one. Yeah, like yeah. you've seen. That's why I yeah. said you've seen. Like, I don't. I, I hate debating eras because like how am I supposed to debate Bill Russell and Steph Curry? <laughs> like like no. in a way, right? So that's why like I usually say you've seen. Do you still watch? Do you have any current favorites or your t- current top five? I watch not as much anymore. I can't with my work now. It's a bit busy than soccer. And I got married last year, so that's a bit, the weekends are a bit busy now, the wife. Yeah. Uh, I love it though. But yeah. uh, currently, I like watching Man U. And I'll tell you why. They've gone through such a transition period. I'm surprised okay. you said that because we're Man United fans and we're no, pissed off at the team. I'm not, say, I'm not saying I like them as No, no, like, no. I'm saying like you said like watching them. That's why. I'll tell you why, watching them. I never said like watching them on the field. Oh. Okay. I never said that. Okay. I said I like watching them because all the coaches have gone through, all the top, top players, Pogba, Ibra, Ronaldo, they've gone through. So from where they were, the highest of the highs, to where they are now, I want to see what they can do to get to where they were. Can they contend, be a contender again to win a championship? EPL, championship, um, Champions, Champions League. League, right? Can they get soft uh, silverware, right? That's what I want to see. Because again, I like Eric Ten Hag. Yeah. I think he's a good person, good coach. I like his, I like what he did to Ajax. And so that's what I just see. Guardiola, we know, right? Arsenal, Ooh. I don't know. Start with Arsenal. <laughs> well, they're kind of coming on back on track. It, they are, but what happened last year is so scary to me. Because like, they had it in the bag, and then they had like, it yeah. in the bag. Yeah, that's <laughs> they should true. literally just lift the trophy up. That's yeah. all it's left to do, and they couldn't yeah. do that. No, for Man United side of things, it was um, for me. Like I'm a huge fan of Ten Hag. I think he's um, uh, the guy to do it, right guy to do it. Like he has yeah, that mentality of Ferguson. Yeah. It's just like kind of ownership in front office, bring bring yeah. in the right squad, and we have some pieces there. But build the rest. Well, Have they bought out the uh, guy from Saudi Arabia? Has he bought them out yet? No, there's oh, the been like ongoing. It's been going on for almost a year. That's what's yeah. pissing us What's up. happening? I thought it's all Nothing. done now. There's something like the the Glazer family who owns it. They own it, but I thought uh, they want to fully sell it off or just a portion. No, of it. They're, that's where there's there's so many. He wants to like the Qatari guy he wants, wants full to control. He wants full control, control which yeah. we and Glazers, Glazers the other still guys kind of. There's six Glazer family members, two of them that. They want still control. Four of them want out of it, and those guys are smart because a, it's like you said, it's England. They're gonna go nuts. And Man United, at the end of the day, is the biggest club in England, right? And uh, I don't know if you have the same opinion, but I could tell by his face. <laughs> yeah, <he's> like, <laughs> they're big, no, yeah. no, I mean like as a brand and like as like oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. fan base wise. I'm not saying they're the best team. I'm saying like, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So you're gonna have the whole fan base going after you. Plus, yeah, like if the if the Qatari guy gets it, let's see what he does. Like all. Like, Ronaldo's called him out on like the, like you said, they don't the bud um, the funds to upgrade stuff. It's still old school. If they like, if yeah. he comes, you're looking at a brand new man. Yeah. Yeah. you're looking they at have man, the right coach. You're looking at how yeah. Man City what Man City did. Exactly, yeah. a guy that's right gonna now come he, in, throw his paper around, throw his weight around, and change shit around. Just change yeah. everything, right? Yeah. 
So that's Newcastle might be on that spot because they are the Saudi. Yeah, Newcastle has that too. All right, last soccer related thing. You're gonna build your perfect soccer player, and you can use any player you want. Yeah, older, new, older, new. However you want to put it, right? Uh, first one will go body or slash height. Body slash height, like slash height, like just those. You can be current or all time. Doesn't matter. So he. So I can I should mention a name or should I name name yeah the player yeah like so you're building all, you're merging all these players into one yeah like that's so Ronaldo's body Ronaldo's body okay, well, this is where G even messed up because the second one is yeah. athleticism <laughs> oh, you can swap it I'll let you swap it but okay yeah. um athletic like Ronaldo okay and then we'll go Rashford's body okay okay yeah. <laughs> and left foot left foot yeah. yeah Leo okay right foot. Uh, Bex. Beckham, okay. Beckham, right? Pace. Oh, um, you can just pick any speed merchant. Yeah, <laughs> just take him. You can take him up if you want. Who's the fastest player you've seen? Yeah. And Mbappe is. Uh, yeah, Mbappe is a pace Mbappe. merchant. Mbappe. Yeah, Mbappe. Heading. Heading. Yourself. Vidic. <laughs> no. Vidic. Oh, okay. oh, he put heads where like people don't want to put their feet. <laughs> that, that, that's the thing. <laughs> Defending. Overall, like 1v1 per uh, yeah. aerial. Um, Puyo. Okay. Puyo. Playmaking, including like set pieces, free kicks and stuff. Playmaking. Playmaking. Set plays, already said, <laughs> Bex. Okay. Um, playmaking, that was a tough one. Busquets. Okay. Busquets, yeah. Dribbling. I think there's two answers for this I have. But if you want Neymar. to go old school. Okay. Yeah, Neymar. I That's what I was going for. Uh, finishing. Shooting. Finishing. Kane. Harry Kane. Kane. Oh, okay, so you're a hit Kane guy. And then... I'm not a big Harry Kane guy, but he finishes. He does okay. finish. He finishes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know Lewandowski. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> and then uh, last one, IQ, brain. Mentality, brain, Mentality. IQ. All that into one. Oh, man, so many. No so repeat answers as well. <laughs> not, not repeating. I'm not yeah, repeating. Okay. No, no. Real Ferdinand. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, so that's your player. <laughs> that's your player. So pretty much... That would be the best player so ever. So you built your, this hey, is how you build your player. Um, body of Rashford slash height. Ronaldo's athleticism with Messi's sh- sh- left foot. Beckham's right foot. Mbappe's pace. Vidic um, is heading. Puyol's defending. Playmaking of Busquets. Uh, Neymar's dribbling, Kane's shot with Ferdinand's brain. So that's how you. That play. would be the best player ever to step foot. <laughs> I mean, put it Messi be, there yeah. alone. It makes sense. Okay. Um, last thing. It's like you give Messi with like size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Last thing. Um, your advice. We're gonna close it off after this. So your advice for younger athletes, younger coaches, or coaching whoever wants to get into it, what they should be doing. Like, what your advice to them? What what they should do if they don't have the resources or whatever any piece of advice you learned as a kid from your mentors that you would like to share to people watching at home so personally for coaches that are out there I'd say that understand the game have patience you need to make sure that you're building citizens and athletes that are good humans so teaching the things that you'd want to teach your own kids Encourage them, make them love the sport. 
make them want to come back the next day to see their coach. For the players, you got to make sure that, from what I've seen so far is, if a door closes, another one's open for you, right? There's always going to be tomorrow, okay, for soccer. If you lose a game today, evaluate yourself, right? What we don't do this day and age is evaluate. Evaluate what you did. Did I do all your positives, your negatives, right? Things that uh, your teammates were doing. So break down the game and educate yourself. Watch videos, watch games on TV. It's not just you're going to training twice a week, three times a week, right? Start playing on your own time. Play with your friends. Ask your parents for extra session if you can. So keep yourself involved with the game as much as you can at all times. That's Words of Wisdom by Derek Bossy. Um, and last thing, just plug your plug your Instagram or whatever you want to plug. Um, yeah. Derek.Bassey, add me on Instagram if you guys like. And please follow the Brandon Bassey Foundation. Uh, if you need my number, please reach out to Amrit. Any concerns, uh, any questions, any coaching advice for younger players, any questions, I'm here to help. And it was honestly a fun time being here. A lot of laughs, a lot of Not questions bad. that I haven't been asked in a long time. Yeah. This is my first podcast. Yeah. yeah. Some questions gave me some sweaty, sweaty pops. <laughs> yeah. It was but great. I, I enjoyed it. It was nice. Everything will be linked down below for you guys from the foundation, the um, the GoFundMe page, Derek's uh, links and stuff. Uh, and yeah, like you said, great catching up with you. Great, yeah. it's, it's been, been a while, been a while for sure. Yeah. Uh, some memories, obviously, re- um, relive Brandon's legacy as well, poured into us. And yeah, we appreciate you coming on, man. Awesome, man. It's a pleasure to be here. And I wish you guys all the best. Keep it going. This is awesome. Two guys from the hood. <laughs> yeah. Got the podcast going, man. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Right? Just up and up from here. Yeah. yeah. Again, appreciate you for coming on. Um, everybody, make sure you guys check out Derek's links down below and the Brandon Bossy Memorial Found, uh, Brandon Bossy Foundation. And uh, to everybody else watching at home or listening on audio platforms, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.